0: To another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zumi. If you're brand new to this show, this show is all about a little well known card game called Magic the Gathering. So, on today's episode, we brought on none other than the awesome Twitch streamer, TikToker, Instagrammer, Twitter, or Twitterer Emma Skyward. Um, we talked about, I mean, we talked about just about anything, um, going from content creation to cars to, um, god, there's Probably a lot of stuff, and we just finished recording right after as I'm recording this too. So, um, but it was just a lot of lot of topics there. Really, really enjoyed talking with her. It was great. Oh, we talked about cryptocurrency and NFTs as well. So, um, before we get into the interview, let's get a little a few little announcements out of the way. Uh, you can help support the show on Patreon at patreon.com/slash Uh You can find me on Twitter at MagicWithZubi, on Instagram at magic underscore with underscore with Magic_UnderScoreWith_UnderScoreZubi, and on my TikTok at MTGZubi. And you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzubi at gmail.com. This show is also sponsored by Cardsphere.com, the best place to buy, trade, and sell your magic singles. And that's about it. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming Emma Skyward. <laughs> It's Zuby here, and I've got with me Emma Skyward, um, who is probably, I mean, what I know you from mainly is the MTG TikToks, which are Ah, great.
1: (laughs) That's true. Um, I I think I would probably consider myself primarily a Twitch streamer, but the TikToks have definitely been a big part of my content and content strategy. So I'm really happy that you know me from my TikToks. (laughs)
0: No, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I've been familiar with your um, Twitch and um, your Instagram, but what really started getting me following you even more was the TikTok because it's just hilarious. Um, Oh, I'm glad. uh, I'm so glad. (laughs) They've um, it's it. They've just been simply hilarious. Like, what have been some of your favorite ones that you've done? So far, uh,
1: my my favorite TikTok I've ever made is to the song Roxanne, but it just cuts off at the part where it's like rocks. And I'm just yeah. holding a bunch of mana rocks. I think <laughs> as soon as I recorded that TikTok, I watched it myself like 15 times, just like cackling away. My boyfriend was like, it's not that funny. I was like, I think it's hilarious. Okay? Yeah, that's all that this matters. This is my best work. This is the yeah. best work I've ever made. Yeah,
0: that's Thank all you. that matters, right?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had a great time. Yeah.
0: no i've started diving into mtg tiktoks a little bit um they're just at at first i didn't get the platform at all like this is dumb and then you know it it took um jess from inkling customs to like sort of persuade me to go on there and just start making tiktoks
1: she makes great content oh yeah. yeah
0: And her art is so good.
1: I know. I'm obsessed with her tokens. I'm like, maybe one day I can get a custom token made by Inkland because those are super dope.
0: Oh, I'm not to spoil anything for my listeners here, but it's in the works for Azubi tokens.
1: That's exciting. Yes. I'm stoked.
0: Probably won't be for months now, but it's okay. But um
1: art no. takes time.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Just, um, so I wanted to bring you on here to really just talk with you, interview you, get to know you a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So you primarily, wh- where did you start in Magic Content? Was it mainly Twitch at first or?
1: It was. So um, I've actually been streaming on Twitch for a really long time. I think I'm approaching six years now. Maybe oh, wow. Maybe even seven. I started in college. Um, and I just streamed a different game. I, I streamed an MMO and I was really looking to get out of the MMO space. And I had a small crisis because I was like, if I'm not streaming an MMO and I can't aim, so FPS games are like out, um, what am I going to play?
0: League of Legends. Um, yeah, League
1: <laughs> of Legends. I actually I streamed League of Legends before I streamed yeah. MMO. And then I was like, what's left? Uh, card games. So yeah. I picked up Arena I uh, started playing Arena on Twitch, um, and I was actually just relatively quickly pretty good at Magic, which surprised me mm-hmm. because like I'd never been good at a video game or game before in my entire life. I didn't grow up gaming. Um, it was something I sort of stumbled on later in life, so I was like, oh my god, I'm good at something? I'm good at Magic the Gathering?
0: That, that, that's my wife, too. Um, my wife took sort of the same approach. Rep- She's never much of a gamer, but... Like the past two years, she's been obsessed with Apex Legends.
1: Oh, dude, Apex! Yeah. I'm really exceedingly bad at, but it is a very fun game. She's to watch. so fucking good.
0: <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't even play with her. She's so good now.
1: <laughs> I get really frustrated when I play FPS games, and that's yeah, Valorant and yeah. Apex. And I just get.
0: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So
1: angry. <laughs> And it's not fun that's why i don't stream fps games too i'm yeah. not good and it's not fun to watch me play because i get really mad and nobody yeah. wants to watch me get mad um people would rather watch me be decently good at magic and like yeah. be a chill person <laughs> so um yeah and then as soon as i was like oh my god i'm good at this i just started playing like a shit ton of magic like i couldn't stop i played magic like obsessively for three or four months before I would do literally anything else. Like I would not play other games. I didn't touch anything else. I finished Drake and then I played Magic the Gathering. And I mean, I still kind of do that, but it's a little bit less obsessive now. I've had two years of magic to calm me down, Um, but I I love it. I absolutely love it. And I like, you know, I like that it was something that I felt like I just clicked with really well um, on a play style level. Uh, So that was encouraging for me.
0: So was that your first time ever playing Magic when you picked it up in Arena?
1: Uh I actually played Magic um briefly when I was about 15 years old some friends okay. introduced it to me um but I actually had a really bad experience at a local card shop um well, when I was sucks. that age and I just didn't I didn't go back. I was like, "Eh, this is not worth it." Um I'm just gonna wait. So, arena was really good for me because I got the opportunity to learn to play the game without any pressure of other people, or um, you know, just do it at your own pace. Yeah, you don't have to talk to people. And now I like the face-to-face aspect, but at the start, it was great to learn something uh, with no pressure at my own pace.
0: No, that, that's a good way of thinking about. It. I, I'm interested in always hearing stories like that because I've been a longtime Magic player. Um, <clears throat> I started when I was a little kid too and um then stopped on and off and it wasn't until was it Return to Ravnica came it's when I like came back like full force, haven't stopped since, and it's I, I found Arena like I was super excited about Arena and all that stuff, but I found it to be a little bit detrimental because it didn't have the gathering aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Which I love the aspect of being able to play it anytime, anywhere, cause before only ever being able to play Magic like once a week, maybe, you know? Yeah. But um no, it, it's interesting hearing that that you enjoyed it because it taught you how to learn it taught you the game first, then when you go play with other people now, it's do you find it easier for you to just ease in and even play with strangers like that or
1: I do. I think actually so I started playing a lot more paper magic like right before the COVID pandemic. So I didn't get a lot of opportunity. Uh, but I was super nervous uh, going to play paper magic. Even just at Friday Night Magic was really intimidating for me. I think I've talked about this on like social media a little bit before yeah. too. Yeah. I think being also like one of the only women in the space is a little bit intimidating. It's like you go there, there's not that many people that look like you, um, and um even though i went with very good friends you don't always just get to play your friends you have to play people that you don't know and sometimes the people at the stores have been playing each other for a really long time they all sort of know each other um and they talk to each other between games and you're like i know the two people i came with and that's it i'm brand new here and then you know there's the intimidating part of if you're arena first you have to make sure you remember all the triggers. Uh, oh that my gosh, yeah. Paper play. <laughs> the arena, um, it doesn't really do for you, but it assists you with phasing a lot. So in paper, it's just really kind of intimidating at first to make sure that you'll remember everything along with the added pressure of like, I don't want to look like a stupid girl. Like, I don't want to look like, it. you know, yeah. nobody thinks you're like a stupid girl, but it's, it's kind of some added self pressure Yeah. that I put on myself when I started to go, so. I was very very nervous for a while. And I think right before COVID, I went to my first Magic Fest. Nice. Uh, in Reno. And it was a really really great experience. And I think I was really finally starting to get comfortable uh, with paper play. Modern is actually my favorite format. Ooh,
2: um, nice. So I'm
1: really really excited to go back to paper and play some modern tournaments.
0: Oh, I used to love the hell out of modern. Like I used to play it for a long time on um, it it felt like what sucked into my local area, because we used to have such a big modern scene, um, when War the Spark and Modern Horizons 1 came out, it sort of killed my local scene. Same with Legacy, too. It killed it. And it, it had to do with so many of the ban- bannings that were happening I back see. and forth. And people are just getting fed up of spending all this money to make, you know, the best deck. And, like, oh, it's banned. What What's the point now? You know?
1: Right. Right. I definitely have a pet deck in modern that I will probably play as long as it's even semi-viable but what, I love it so it? much I just can't wait humans humans uh, I really enjoy modern humans what what, uh,
0: what, like, what colors are modern modern humans is it it's Esper five color
1: oh five, five color, color oh okay yeah it's just like um Cavern of souls and all of the colorless tribal lands uh ziggurat uh, yeah uh, yeah so you can play just all of the best humans in the format um, and it's a lot of fun. I really, I can't wait to update that deck, and hopefully, it's still viable. Um, yeah, I know there's a couple of people. It's like Eli Loveman is like the the godfather of um, the humans deck. He plays it a ton in modern, and I just, I can't wait to see how they've updated the list, and then I can, you know, make some of those changes and whip it back out after
0: COVID. Uh, Rick isn't legal in modern, is he? The secret layer, Walking Dead one? No,
1: I think it's only legal L- in like Commander.
0: Oh, commander only. Is okay. it
1: legacy illegal? I thought it was commander only. I don't. I don't mess with legacy. It's too expensive know. for me. But.
0: Yeah, I I got into legacy at a time where it was expensive, but holy crap, nowhere near what it is now. It's. I got in right before like all the prices started skyrocketing, and it sucked because it when that happened, like it started slowly killing our legacy scenes. Our LGS was like, you know, you can proxy up to twenty cards, right? Oh wow! You, you know. Something like that. And it was mainly lands, right? Because right. no one could afford the lands or fetch lands or anything. So it's...
1: Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I under I understand it. And I, I'm fortunate, Um, you know, between my collection and my partner's collection, we have some staples. Sorry, my heater just kicked on. Let me know if you can hear that.
0: No, I don't hear anything.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, we have some legacy staples. So I might be able to pick up playing legacy if I ever wanted to. But I think the land base is just what's really intimidating. So crazy.
0: (laughs) It it really, I guess, it depends on what deck too. Because when I built Legacy Elves, you know, I just got in the Gaia's Cradles um, way before they skyrocketed, Um, and I the like the last few cards I had left were the dual lands. So I'm like, I don't want to shell out like you know another couple hundred bucks for dual lands. So I just ended up using shocklands and. I yeah. never had any issues because it's a combo deck anyway, right? So true. you should win by turn two, turn three. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're shocking yourself.
1: Right. Is it a, I don't know much about Legacy Elves. Is it mono green or is it a multicolor? Is it?
0: Um, It does use some black for some of its okay. sideboard. That makes um, sense. And, but <clears throat> for the main board, at least at the time, this was a couple years ago. I don't know what it's like now. Mm-hmm. Um, at least at the time, it was mono green for the main board, but there were some black cards for the sideboard, and I'd have to look up my list. I don't remember off the top of my head what it was.
1: There's a Golgari elves list in modern that hasn't been particularly viable in a little bit, but it probably runs some of the same. Whatever legacy staples are modern legal, I'm sure, are crossing over into that modern deck.
0: Oh, yeah. oh yeah. No, I remember um, when they printed Collect-A-Company, I was so excited because then it's like, oh, crap, I could build a modern elves deck and um modern elves was viable for a little little while there and then um what has our, been it's, it's
1: is, gone is through it still phases. um and I, I i like i said i haven't played in about a year but um right when i was playing before covid i didn't see anyone on modern elves i proxied it actually when i was trying to find my first modern list i was like yeah. elves sounds like a lot of fun i just took to the be. humans list yeah. a little bit more than the elves list uh,
0: what was it about humans that you liked because in I can't even remember a lot of the cards in it. It was Meddling Mage. I know it was one card you played in it,
1: With Thalia's Lieutenant. Yeah, Meddling Mage, uh, Thalia's Lieutenant, Thalia, um, Noble Hierarch, Reflector Mage, Mantis Rider. Mantis Rider is a pretty big deal. Oh Um,
0: yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, so it's just, it's it's really my play style. I really love to play relatively straightforward Mm -hmm. um, aggro Magic the Gathering. And humans was exactly what I was looking for. It was straightforward, especially for my first modern deck. Um, even though now I have a much better understanding, and I'm sure I could play something a little bit more complicated, I just really took to it. So
0: no, aggro um, I, I, I straightforward linear decks. They can even still be really tough to play. Like yeah. a, a lot of people downplay so. mono red and all that like you know mono red aggro like oh it's easy mode yeah maybe the first game can be easy right cuz you know you just burn through your deck but that it's when the sideboarding really counts and
1: decision making is still i think almost just as as complicated as playing a combo deck the timing is oh, a little yeah. bit more straightforward if you're playing a a combo deck or a control deck i guess a control deck more so the timing um, requires maybe a little bit more brain power because you need to decide um, when you're holding up your mana. Versus if mm-hmm. you're playing an aggro deck, for the most part, you know when you're going to be using your resources, but you still have, I think, the same complex decision making of what your turn should be. So oh, yeah. you don't, you just don't have to think about the timing quite as much.
0: Oh yeah. The the other thing that I that I remember playing a lot of competitive Magic was when you had when you were playing an aggro deck versus an aggro deck and just, that could be just as complicated as playing control versus control.
1: Yeah, um, especially, uh, you were just talking about burn. I think, you know, playing burn into burn is is maybe not quite as simple as as people give it credit for. Oh, yeah. Because I've run into that matchup in... In historic and even aggro versus aggro in historic on arena. Um, yeah, because there's going to be I'm, so much math. Messy.
0: Yeah, it can get messy, and there's so much math involved, because you got to think, like, oh, well, if I do this much damage, you know, I've got this much in my hand, and they can do this much, and there's just, yeah, it can be, it's pretty crazy. It can be insane.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely the type that will play, I'll play whatever I need to. If I'm, yeah. you know, running into a tournament setting, I'll play the deck I need to, if that's a control deck or combo deck, um, I'll play it. But if I have the choice to run an aggro deck in the meta, it's probably what I'll be playing.
0: So with you, how long How long did you say you started playing modern again?
1: Uh, I started playing modern right before the pandemic. I right, probably right for, okay. my deck maybe last November, December. So I had like okay. a good two or three months of playing. Okay. Uh, I played humans and I played infect which is
2: Ooh, I guess gross. a combo deck so yeah. <laughs> I know I know it was cheap oh it yeah oh really yeah
1: cheap. it's a cheap deck I was like I just need something to take to a tournament my friends were going and I was like fine I'll just together infect and go so
0: so did you keep but up very with oh yeah oh yeah did you keep up with uh modern at all during the pandemic like did you play magic online or anything
1: uh, so I've I've dabbled in MTGO a little bit because I wanted to play modern so badly, um, but my schedule is a little bit difficult. Like I, I work a full time job and then stream and play Magic after work when I can, and my Twitch audience is really not invested in watching games on MTGO. I don't blame them. So I know it's hard <laughs> to watch. Um, it
0: is. It's hard to play. So it was-
1: It was a really great experience to get to check it out and play some modern just to um, I actually did. I updated my humans list for MTGO after the release of what was the set that General Kujo came out in?
0: Icoria. I I think Uh, so. I did
1: update my modern list um, after that release and played it on MTGO a little bit. But I forgot um, about that card. Yeah, it was just difficult. It was it was difficult for the stream. Um, yeah, so then I was trying to divide my time. And I was like, I can only stream Arena, but I want to play MTGO on modern, but I can't. I have to do it when I'm not working and not streaming and
2: yeah. not making
1: TikToks. Uh, so I, I just finally decided it was better for me to stick to Arena.
0: Oh man, you, you want to talk about full time job and then try do content creation. I'm right there with you. It's, I, I've loved some of the stuff you've talked about with trying to juggle back and forth. It, it's a challenge, like it's
1: it's so much i think i was it talking is. about it just the other day it's like i need to set time to relax and it doesn't count content because sometimes it'll be a day <laughs> off work and i'm like i'm it's a chill day i'll just make you know my instagram post for the next week and my TikToks, and instead of actually providing time for myself to
2: oh, relax yeah. I'm,
1: I'm, and not I'm guilty do something of yeah it happens
0: i'm, I'm guilty of that because it's There's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that I do at the podcast. Like I'm trying to work on booking guests, you know, think of topics and other stuff. And then Pixie and I, we've got Magic for Normies, so we try to come up with stuff for that. Um, And just on top of, I mean, I barely stream now, but it's I I can't even like fit streaming into that because I'm also trying to do another venture of writing my first D and D book right now, Mm -hmm. so.
1: I'm gonna reverse a podcast guest question you and ask sure. you how much a time how much time a week do you spend doing uh, podcast related things between magic for Normies uh, and this content I'm just curious oh. I always like to hear from other creators like what it entails behind the scenes
0: well it, it's gotten a lot easier over the years because I've been doing this five years now and um, it, it's so it's a lot less time but what I work on is like I feel like the majority of my time is probably spent just exploring other creators I want to bring on because, I mean, there's a... Since Arena's happened, there's been an explosion of Magic creators, and it's awesome, but it's also I want to make sure that I sort of vet out the creators and make sure, you know, it's... What's what's a delicate way of putting it? You want to make sure they're not bad or anything? You know what Get I mean? It. Like,
1: I understand
0: like i've had a few people that have guessed it on the podcast like they were good at first and then a few months later some drama happens and you're like oh shit (laughs) and you know so so i want to try to avoid that so it's people out there listening like you know i i know when i first started this i I, i'd like to try to interview content creators big and small and all that stuff but i but after being burned a few times I got to be a lot more careful so um that's probably what takes up the most amount of my time editing now is pretty straightforward cuz I don't really edit much like you know I'll I'll edit the audio levels and all that stuff and make it sound better but as far as editing the conversation nope whatever happens <laughs> happens
1: that's perfect I love that yeah. I I couldn't video editing i think is what takes the longest amount of time i finally was like i need to contract someone for oh my gosh
0: i I almost want someone to contract for social media because i feel like i spend more time doing social media than doing anything and it's not like i'm even social like advertising my content all the time it's like i'm trying to get my presence out there and it's like i
1: want to contract someone to to Filter my messages oh my <laughs> before gosh. I read them, so that <laughs> oh, I,
0: can, man. I can
1: stop reading all the mean ones and I can just read the nice ones, and then I'll feel better. <laughs> that's yeah, th- what I want to do. That's my next step is like inbox management.
0: Oh yeah, that's what I want to bring up too. Is like I I've seen on um Twitter you talking about like the harassment you receive. It's and and I think what people like myself don't ever understand, like like as as a guy, right it's um we don't fully understand the amount of harassment women get and what really opened my eyes to it was when my wife started doing online gaming more and the amount of harassment she received because it's you know you know what's happening out there but when it happens to someone close to you you're like oh shit fuck all that noise
1: (laughs) it's very bizarre, and it definitely is not constant. It's just you know sometimes something happens, and you're just like, man, why me? <laughs> why yeah. now? I'm just living my best life, trying to, you know, make content and enjoy this hobby that in theory, um, pretty much everyone in my social circles loves. It's like everyone I follow on on Twitter, everyone pretty much on Twitch is we're all Magic fans. So sometimes I'm just like. Why don't we all just love magic together? Uh, Why do we have, why you got to be mean about
0: it? People suck. (laughs) People suck. And it's just. (sighs) Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. It's just frustrating hearing that stuff because it's, it it doesn't make sense. Well, it makes sense in the fact that those people that do that are sad and, you know, their lives could just be just as miserable and they're lashing out. You know,
1: it does. I think, you know, um, magic, even still, you, you go to a magic event and it is not the most diverse place that you've ever experienced. It's getting better.
0: Um, oh, oh, yeah, it's gotten way better. It's
1: getting so much more inclusive and awesome. Um, But I think, you know, there's always some reticence behind, you know, seeing people that you're not used to at an event from from some people Um, and I understand that, that change is difficult, but you would also just think that it's like, hey, more people who love magic. <laughs> that's cool, but oh, I yeah. guess that's not always, that's not always the first reaction that people have to
0: no, seeing like it's...
1: new and different people start enjoying their their sport, especially like, this is a really hard concept for me to grasp because like, I don't think of myself as like the world's best magic player, but I'm, I'm okay, I'm pretty good. And I think a lot of people, my friends remind me that it's very difficult for some people to see someone come into their hobby with not very much time under their belt. I've been playing mm-hmm. Magic for maybe two years and then be better than them. First off, don't look like them. And then second off, be better than them at something. Oh yeah, that, that, that can be hard. devoted yeah. a really long amount of time to. And I don't really like to think of myself like that because I just like to think that we're like all enjoying Magic at our own level and our own pace um, and doing what we want to do. But uh, my friends do sometimes remind me that that's just a really difficult concept for people sometimes.
0: Oh, yeah. No, and you're 100% right. I mean, that, that's not just magic related, but just almost anything where, um, y- you know, it's you have some people that have been playing the game since the very beginning, and yet they can never, ever do as well as you or never get, a, get to Mythic and Arena, right? You know, maybe because they're just not that good or whatever else.
1: Or they just have a different style of play or they enjoy something different. I mean, that's one of the great things about Magic is there's so many different ways you enjoy playing. There's incredible casual formats. There's formats for people who just want to build decks. Uh, And then, you know, there's formats for hyper-competitive people like myself who just want to win. That's all I want. I just want to win. That's it. That's all I care about. I want to win Magic and that's how I want to play. But if you're the type of person who wants to make the most creative decks, the most original concepts, I think that's super cool. And I love that that we have a hobby and we play a game that is able to be played in all those diverse ways.
0: Oh my, god, yeah, that's got to be like the best strength of Magic as just a game in general, just the amount of formats, because I, I look at other popular card games, like, you know, you've got Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, and they have their different formats, you know, like standard, legacy, whatever, extended... And all that stuff, but they don't have formats where just like you said, that you can creative formats, right? Like I think of EDH as a very creative format. I think of Cube as a very creative format as well too.
1: Highly, highly original.
0: Yeah. And you just But
1: Yu Gi Oh doesn't have that. You're just talking yeah. about Yu Gi Oh even and some of my friends recently been invested in Yu Gi Oh, but I, don't, I mean, I don't know enough about it to really yeah, speak to it, I. but it sounds yeah. like there's maybe only like two or three primary formats. And um, I think both of the two primary formats involve almost the entire history of catalog of Yu-Gi-Oh cards that have been available. So there's no rotation like exists in Magic. So um, obviously there's going to be like the best cards, <laughs> the most powerful cards. Yeah. And you're going to see them over and over and over where Magic has great formats that, that I think lend itself to... Um, being updated more frequently, which mm-hmm. which brings in some creativity, um, and then, like you said, formats like EDH, and even EDH, you have casual EDH and competitive EDH, yep. depending on, you know, what type of game you want to play.
0: Yeah, who you play with cool. too. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's what's great. And I, I when I had Gavin Verhey on the podcast um, last year. I, like one of my first questions to him you know is like this game's going on over 25 years how the hell have you guys not run out of ideas yet like seriously it's it it boggles my mind you think they would have you know run out the run out of the well or dr- dried up the well or something he said it, he said and I quote something of along the lines of we have so many mechanics and ideas that we have like another ten years worth of content, at least just written on a board somewhere, and I'm just like, oh my god.
1: <laughs> I think about that with set releases and all the really exciting theming that goes into the sets. Yeah. Um, you know, like Eldraine was fairy tale themed. Oh, I loved it. Him was kind of like Vikings um, mm-hmm. and Nordic themed, which was really cool. And then, but even just if you think about that, it's like I can think of like twenty themes off the top of my head that I'm like, that would be dope. In Magic, together, let's make it happen. I can't make it happen personally. But I know, right? You know, it'll come around eventually. I hope so.
0: Oh, the D and D Magic set! I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I can't wait. Are for
1: you? It. So this is an interesting time because we're in spoiler season for Modern Horizon. Um, Modern Horizon Two. So this is one of my reverse podcast guest questions. Sure. Are you one of the people who really gets engaged in spoiler season?
0: um depends on the set really like um like for kaldheim i wasn't that engaged with it and kind of same with strixhaven modern horizons um kind of sort of i mean a, a little bit maybe because it's i know more people that have gotten preview cards for it and uh but D, it's oh i'm like when they revealed um as of the recording here they just revealed the um the dritz and the Bruiner and the um the Loth Spider Queen cards, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> just yes. freaking out about it.
1: I get really excited during spoiler season for new art. Oh uh, gosh, I tend to yes. be one of the people who like mostly avoids spoilers um, because my investment in in Magic is so primarily like I just want to play. Yeah. Spoiler season for me is like not as valuable because I'm like I want to s- I want to have the cards digitally in my hands and I want to play with them, but the art. Is what gets me the
0: most. Oh, that's what got me playing the game to begin with. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The Spider Queen. Oh my God, she looks so good. I'm so excited. That art was beautiful.
0: And not not at all how I pictured her at all when I read the books. (laughs) I pictured her like not like pretty or anything, just completely ugly and disgusting.
1: Scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But no, I'm so excited. It's I used to be way more invested in it when I used to do set reviews because, you know, mm. I sort of had to be and all that. Mm-hmm. But now that I stopped doing those, I'm just sort of like, eh, I, I don't mind taking it as a casual approach. And and I get more excited about it because not that I purposely ignore the spoilers, but when I see a card right. or something, and I'm like, I'm more excited about it because I'm like, oh my God, it does
1: what again? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, So. I don't trust myself enough to do set reviews. I've thought about it several times. I'm like, man, I really should, because uh, it's popular content. Yeah. But also, it's a I'm lot like, of
0: work. Oh my God. i
1: completely wrong about everything. Like, I yeah. totally expect myself to just make assumptions based oh, yeah. on, I don't know, oh, yeah. what e- I e- think. And then it turns <laughs> out I get it in my hand and I'm like, yeah, that was so off the wall
0: oh man yeah I, don't,
1: the, I i'm critical of myself so i would hate that i would be like uh you really fucked up
0: oh no yeah you'll get the people coming out of the woodwork telling you, oh you're wrong on this card and that card and all that stuff it's when when i did my throne of eldraine set review i looked at oko and i'm like it's good i don't think it'll see that much play and then i'm like like oh i completely got that one wrong <laughs>
1: happens yeah Uh, i remember talking about oko before release too, and i was like it seems too good i i called oko i was like that one seems a little bit too good but for the most part other cards that you know have seen tons and tons of repetitive play i just wouldn't have even looked at twice
0: yeah yeah no it's it just goes to show like (laughs) we none of us can guess this right like there's some cards you'll never think that will break the format at all.
1: I have a ton of respect for people who like brew competitive standard lists, or other formats as well, but, um, you know, that's just never really been a side of magic that I've had too much interest in, but the people who sit down, come up with the combos, come up with the creative ways that cards interact together, I think is so creative. So smart! Oh
2: my god! So yeah. cool!
1: And I'm so glad that they do it because then I can be like, oh well, now I can become an expert at playing this deck, but I don't have to become an expert at making this deck.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: But I really respect those types of players.
0: Yeah, it's tough. Um, I I know I've tried my hand at brewing like standard decks back in the day, and um, it's definitely hard. It, it's definitely a very hard skill to learn. Um, especially like when you're new starting out and. It's, um... Yeah, I I don't exactly enjoy it too much. I'm like you, like, I'll just copy a list. Um, With Commander, though, that's different. I I, I don't mind building my own list with that because I purposely build Commander decks for the most part not to be optimized Mm because, to me, it's not as fun. I sort of want to make it more creative and more flavorful instead of just it being super good and just winning.
1: I just brewed and I use that term loosely <laughs> my my second commander list ever. I'm not a huge commander player, which is okay. Um yeah. and I was I just get really caught up on like I need to have the best cards and I want them oh, yeah. to be the oh, best. Yeah. So even when I'm brewing something like Commander, I'm like looking at all the lists that exist and I'm trying to cross reference. I'm like, okay, so which cards are in all of them? Which cards are like clearly key fundamentals to what I'm trying to create. Um and I think I just get pretty caught up in, in the min-maxing side oh, of no. Magic the Gathering.
0: <laughs> oh no, I know what you mean. It's like I've got a few commander decks that are definitely like optimized as best as I could be without making them competitive EDH. Um mm-hmm. but now that I'm on like brewing up deck number 22 23 i'm sort of like eh, i don't care if it's optimized <laughs> and pl- right. plus right. it'll save me money too if i don't buy all the <laughs> <laughs> most expensive stuff so it's I, I totally understand like for the first few decks yeah i totally get why people would want to have the best of the best when you get to like deck 20 to 30 you're like
1: nah, you know it's, it's okay at that point <laughs> you're like i just want to make it fun and i yeah. want to make it have like flavor and, and memorable i had a little bit of that yeah. i'm brewing um. An Emil, the unicorn commander. Oh, yeah, you the, the life gain her. one. Uh, the blink. Uh, she oh, the has blink, the, the blink effect. She's from Jumpstart, the Jumpstart.
0: Unicorn. Oh, 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 okay. I'm thinking of a different one. Okay. Oh, yeah, the blink um, one. Okay. Yeah, that's the Selesnia one, right?
1: It is. She's yeah. Selesnia commander. Uh, and I, I do occasionally get very caught up in the like. But maybe I could put more unicorns in here. Like, that'd be cool. <laughs> like what if I just put in this really bad unicorn card? Just just one. And then I'm like, It'd that card okay. is not good. That card is not good, Emma. I'm like, stop putting in bad unicorns. Just be, so that it looks nice. <laughs>
0: you you should be allowed to have at least one bad unicorn in the I am. Bed. I'm
1: gonna have at least one bad unicorn. Actually that's really funny when I first we mentioned how I first played magic when I was like fifteen years old. I, I had a unicorn themed tribal deck at Oh 15. nice. That was my very first magic deck. What set I don't was think that? it was legal in any format. It was probably just like a bunch of unicorn cards um
2: mm. shoved into a sixty
1: card <laughs> deck that we played like on the floor at school, you know? Um, and it was not good. It was very bad. But I had a good time playing it with oh, yeah. my friends for like a week before we all like moved on to a new hobby and stuff like that. But so I'm sort of reminiscing over my my very very first unicorn deck by building a unicorn commander deck.
0: Well, that's good. That's good. I can remember my first deck too. Um, it was like a mono green worms deck or something. Nice. Um, back in Urza Saga, and um, it was absolutely terrible because I couldn't play anything by like unless I had six or seven lands out. But I didn't care. I didn't know any that's better. Fine.
1: As long as you're having fun, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's always very satisfying. It's still satisfying when you get to play that like massive creature. that's oh, yeah. so powerful. It's like the the peak. Like I've reached the peak of Magic: The Gathering when you play like I don't know a Craterhoof Behemoth or something. Yeah, oh, ridiculous. So much fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why I loved Legacy Elves was just having like a crap ton of Elves out, then combo out Craterhoof Behemoth out, and you're just like, mm, okay, I win. <laughs>
1: that's what you do in Historic right now.
0: Yeah, so that's pretty how much. Historic
1: elves plays. That's great. I love that deck. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah.
0: I cannot wait for them to finally get Heritage Druid out for for Historic. Oh, that 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 would just be make Historic Elves just disgusting at that that'd point. Be
1: really. Good. What is the other card everyone talks about coming to Historic Elves? Is it Shaman of the Pack?
0: Shaman of the Pack would be good. Yeah, that that'd is be that for the Golgari. The, the other one would be Nettle Sentinel. Would be really uh, yes. good. Just
1: that will make, I think Historic Elves is actually already pretty good, but oh, yeah. it could be better.
0: Oh, yeah. We be we, we need all the Legacy stuff for it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, just put Legacy in Historic. It's fine. Yeah, just
0: do it. I mean, th- th- they're pretty much. I didn't
1: say that.
2: <laughs>
0: I mean, <laughs> they're, me. they're pretty much doing it slowly in a sense anyway with the Historic Anthologies. It's yes. like at this point, I can't see how they would even put in something like Pioneer and it be successful because the anthologies are doing way better than and they make it more exciting too.
1: I think historic is actually a really well curated format. I mean, there's been some problems that have been, you know, addressed over the past a little bit. I mean, even recently with the Thassa's Oracle band, but um yeah. I think that overwhelmingly historic has been pretty well curated.
0: Oh yeah, no, I enjoy it. Um I don't play ranked anymore on arena just to calm my blood pressure and all
1: that. I feel that <laughs> um, I shouldn't.
0: <laughs> so, so I I mainly just do the play queue and I'll I'll do my daily quests or just play some jank that I found somewhere online. And um, but yeah, some of my favorite decks on historic are just like the Coco Angels right now. L- love playing that. So it's much fun, fun. Just gaining so much life and um, and. It's great that magic has finally made lifelink actually useful after so many years of it being so bad.
1: <laughs> no. I know. That deck is very satisfying, though, when all of a sudden you're like, I have 153 life. Fuck right. you, opponent. It's yeah. like, how are you going to get through this? And then they have, they're they playing, like, Tainted Pack combo, and you're like, oh, well, that I was how. But okay. Fuck my life. <laughs> That's fine.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. They can't do that anymore. So maybe maybe Coco Angels is about to see a little... uh uptick
0: <laughs> maybe maybe um so i want to get back to uh your content creation in terms of um like doing full time job trying you're a twitch partner now um and you know, you talked about tiktoks instagram all that stuff um y- you know you-, you had a few posts out talking about you know about finding balance and all that stuff and even there was a post you did i want to say a week or two ago talking about how you're being stressed out about trying to like get to pro magic and all that. Um, I mean, I know pro magic is like completely gone now, but, um, you know, how do you sort of deal and juggle with all those, all those responsibilities too, you know, like what goes through your, how do do you do it essentially?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think at the end of the day, I have to remind myself that it's not necessarily responsibilities that a lot of the things I put on myself with content are just, Like personal pressure from goals that the world is not going to end if I don't do it. And that's a very hard thing because um, I set incredibly high standards for myself Mm -hmm. consistently um, and content goals. uh, But then there's goals like uh, playing magic at a higher level. I mean, now pro magic is a little bit in flux. I'm not really sure where that's going to go, but for oh, a very long time,
2: yeah,
1: uh, for a very long time, if you'd asked me like, what is my goal with magic? I would have been like, I want to play in the MPL. Well, now that's not going to happen. So now I have to come yeah. up with a new way too lofty goal that I'm probably never going to reach, but um, I'm like sure that a I GP will come up with one. Yeah. So I'm, I haven't thought, I'm trying not to think about it. I'm like actively trying not to set
2: a pointlessly
1: (laughs) high goal for myself, but I'm sure that I will. Um, As far as content creation uh, responsibilities, and it's not even really responsibilities because I really enjoy producing the content that I do. And for the most part, it never feels like I have to be hitting deadlines. Um, I'm usually just creating content that I love and find enjoyable and trying to stick to a schedule. You know, Mm -hmm. for things like Instagram, I'm aiming to produce X amount of content every week. But for the most part, I just really like taking fun pictures. And I almost always have more content than I can post on Instagram. I think committing to the streaming schedule um, is one of the more difficult things for me just because it takes, this is weird, but streaming takes the most amount of hours for the least amount of return. Um, I can see as that. far as yeah. content goes. Uh, but it's also one of the most fun uses of my hours because it's the chance that I actually get to talk to people about the thing that I love directly. They come yeah. to my stream and we have a conversation about what I love doing, just playing magic. So it's very rewarding in terms of social interaction, but it's not as rewarding in terms of um, like content or monetary return, um, which uh, you know instagram and, and YouTube, and TikTok are all uh, better, better uses of your time. in it's strictly business sets. I so
2: see it um,
1: it, it's a little bit difficult just organizing all of it uh, because some of them are more fun and some of them are more valuable. So making sure to find the fine line between those. Did I answer your question? I was like, I started yeah. on the topic of pro magic and then I
0: no, no it, it well, is- no, it seemed pretty well no seemed pretty well answered. Um you, you know, you brought up a good point on just you know, streaming seems to like be the least amount of returns you find. Um you know, you know doing all this on top of a full time job, how do you deal with burnout?
1: Uh, you just don't burn out. <laughs> you just try really hard to not burn out. Um I've recently been like Oh my god i'm committed to a six hour stream tonight and i really just need to like do some laundry or something instead and i'm trying to stop harping on myself for when i need to take some time off just to get life things done or sometimes work happens i'll i'll be working way too late at my job on something important and i'll have to cancel a scheduled content post or something like that um And I'm just, I'm trying to remind myself again that the world's not going to end if I don't make the content. But there is, and I'm sure you understand this, um, that looming pressure that you put on yourself. It's like, if I'm not making my content goals, I'm never going to grow as a creator. The same thing with working towards higher level or pro play in Magic. It's like, if I don't hit Mythic this month, I'm not ever going to be noticed or invited to any big tournaments, which is not even really how it works. But somehow you wind up with that little voice like in the back of your head that that's like telling you that you need to be doing everything all the time.
0: No, and you you bring up a good point again about just looming pressure, because it's also that that FOMO, right? Where you feel like if you take a night off, it's oh, now your content may not be noticed as much or you know, the algorithms going to mess you up. Or if you're not streaming for a night, it feels like, Oh man, people aren't going to be able to find you. It's like, that's how, that's how I felt big time. Like taking a, cause I streamed a hell of a lot last year because I think everybody did cause just the pandemic. And now yeah. this year I've been taking a much slower approach at streaming. And now it's, you know, you start to get a little worried, like, well, people are going to find me less and less, but it's, that's why i'm trying to up my game on other social media stuff but yeah it, it's that that is one of the thing that sucks about content creation is just that constant fear of well if i'm not doing x y z then you know no one's going to see me type thing
1: content creation is so strange too because it's like you do everything that you can to get your content out there and you probably experience this too and then sometimes people like show up out of the woodwork to like hate you for it for like producing content and yeah. trying to oh, I've got make my good stuff and then yeah. get eyes on it. And it's like, you try doing this. You spend so many hours trying to make really good, interesting things. And then, you know, you just hope that people see it. And then people come out of the woodwork and they're like, why do you want people to watch your content? That makes you a bad person. And you're just like...
0: Or it makes just... <laughs> you conceited or narcissistic and yeah, all that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm just trying to share the thing that I love. And obviously because I spend you know, 40 hours a week working, and then an additional, like, 35, 40 hours a week making content, of course I want people to see it. I'm not spending yeah. all that time for nobody to to look at the hard work I've done. It's the same oh, thing yeah. at my job. I'm I'm an artist for my work, and obviously I want to make great work, and I would love for a lot of people to see it. That would be great. It's like the dream, oh, yeah. I think, for most people.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. It's, um, yeah, that, that whole thing of, y- an, another thing I want to bring up there's also the other side of content creation where you feel like you could do everything right and no one sees your stuff it's, that's true uh, and that that is some of the stuff that's hardest to see especially when you're brand new starting out um and, and what I've always found is especially when podcasting the the podcasting world can be a little bit fickle where there, there could be an episode I release, and I think it's the greatest episode I ever had. You know, really awesome interview, did really well, and you know the downloads are like maybe a thousand or something like that, right? So, and then, and then you you do another episode where you're just like, ah, it didn't feel that great or whatever, and it just blows up in terms of downloads and views. You're like, what the fuck? I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs>
1: do that with TikTok all the time. I'll make something I'm like this is the funniest shit I have ever made. And then it's like, nobody watched that TikTok. <laughs> and then there's another TikTok that I like recorded on my phone and like terrible quality Yeah. with bad audio. And it's like everyone in the world watched that TikTok specifically. And you're like, eh? Yeah. But I guess that that comes back to what we were talking too about like the FOMO of content is like, you feel like you need to be making everything because you never know yeah. which is the content that people will like. Yeah. and which one is the one that the algorithm will serve it's not just what people like you're also dealing with uh, you know the different algorithms on the sites that you're using to push your content and hoping you've published something at the right time of day um, and the right day of the week so it's it's all of those factors playing into your viewership
0: sorry a flying ant just landed on my monitor oh
1: my god <laughs> that's, that's like my worst nightmare <laughs> ants should not be allowed to have wings right
0: they shouldn't <laughs> God, how are they fucking ridiculous. evolved into that? They they need to stop. They need to just go away. N- next they're, we'll have
1: they're like inhumanly strong and right? they have more teamwork than any other species. And now they get to fly too. <laughs> this is not fair. Right?
0: Yeah. Not they're strong. Fair. They're smart as hell. Like when working together, and now yes. they can fly. It's like yeah, no, nope,
1: nope. That's too good. I'll just be yeah. an ant in my next life. It's fine. I don't know.
0: If, I don't know if I'd want to be an ant in my next life. I, I think I'd. Like the one thing I'd love to be, um, you know, I'd have to travel back in time a little bit. It would be Hmm. a a cat that is one of my grandmother's cats because they are treated like the best life you can imagine. Specifically your
1: grandmother's cat. Yeah. Okay, nice.
0: She she okay. doesn't have any cats right now. She's getting too old to take care of them and all that. But back, like, you yeah. know, 20, 30 years ago, I'd love to be one of her cats. Like, <laughs> I, I could see myself wanting to be reincarnated as something like that.
1: That's the best thing. <laughs> I love that so much. Think about very wholesome.
0: It. I mean, shit. Think about just most house cats in general. They have, like, yeah. they have the fucking life, they right? Do. They just, you know, go to the bathroom, sleep, cha- yeah. chase lizards and shit. and Yeah and then just do. do whatever the hell they want you can't tell them what to do be
1: a cat. Yeah. yeah being a cat would be great i agree imagine being okay we're like totally off topic but being oh, a cat fine. in like ancient ancient egypt where cats were like
0: like worshipped and all that
1: yeah gods, yeah that'd be cool that'd be awesome too
0: god yeah it it because i've got three cats and i freaking love each and each and every one of them like my own children and all that stuff and um hell i'd love to be one of them because they're spoiled (laughs) as hell oh my god
1: i'm not allowed to have pets in my apartment
0: oh that sucks i'm
1: living a sad sad life right now you'll get i might actually move so i can get a pet
0: (laughs) oh where, where do you where do you live on the west coast
1: Uh, I live in San Francisco Bay Area, so, like, the most expensive place.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say, holy crap, that sounds expensive as hell. It's
1: very expensive. I think this is one thing that comes up, too, when thinking about content. I mean, obviously, I have a super cool job, and I love my full-time job, but it has Mm -hmm. crossed my mind in the past. It's like, what would life be like if I made content full-time? That would be super cool. Um, But I'd have to move. I mean, there's no way I can live in the Bay Area. And make content. I, so every now and then unless I've been you like, struck what if I just call my mom and yeah. moving home and like go move in with my parents <laughs> and become a Twitch streamer full time? That would be wild. People but it's like done. that weird alternate universe that you yeah. think about that kind of exists in your mind.
0: I, I feel like you'd be able to do that if you like struck it real big, like command zone big or something, or, or Telerian yeah. big.
1: Yeah, I think maybe YouTube. There's a lot of potential in, on YouTube for opportunity like that, uh, and maybe on Twitch as well. But um, Twitch subscriber revenue is is sometimes really good and sometimes yeah. not so good. Depends on the month. Um, so it's it's that, a that, fickle yeah. mistress.
0: Yeah, that, that's another scary thing about content creation. Like, because I thought like if I ever could do it full time, it's like no, it's too volatile. It's um, yeah. It's like relying on Patreon or subs or anything like that. And it's it's too scary to even think about because it's. Yeah. And plus, you think about um, n- not just the amount of money, but also like health benefits, right? you like, you oh, know, yeah. health insurance. Yeah. You don't dental, have any of that. Yeah. No, um, 401k, none of, none of that stuff. So it's like,
2: yeah.
0: it's a lot more expensive than people think of. Because it's, you know, I've got two young daughters and one of them wants to be you know, YouTuber or whatever. And I nice. and, and I tell her, like, Very I mean, cool. that's great and all that stuff. But it's I tell her, like, you still got to stay in school. You know, you can't it, this is being YouTube stars just like anything in entertainment. Right. It's you're going to have a thousand, you know, hundreds of thousand people trying to make it big is like a celebrity. Right. Or as an actor, actress. And yet only a small percentage are ever going to make it. And all that yeah
1: and it requires a lot of the skills that you can learn in school it requires oh, yeah. i mean especially with youtube you need to understand analytics uh, search engine optimization and um, oh, all yeah. that good stuff um marketing and promotion if you have some basic art skills or design skills it's massive for being a creator so there's tons of great things that you can oh, yeah. learn that help your content journey
0: oh yeah for sure um there was another thing i wanted to bring up um about yeah. you um, you are into cars.
1: I am. I am into
0: cars. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I don't really know a whole lot about cars and all that stuff. Like, I have on, I'm, my,
1: I have on a shirt with a car on it right
0: now. Nice, <laughs> nice. Like, I'm I'm pretty much a dummy when it comes to cars. But I, w- one of my best friends, he is like a car nut. Like, he he's one of those. He knows like the history of every single car ever made. I'm like, I don't understand your freaking encyclopedic knowledge and all that. So, so what is it that do do you like do project cars or anything like that or
1: yeah we do uh, so um you know i started to be interested in cars before i could even drive um i think i <laughs> developed my interest in cars from a music video to be honest Ooh. and then i told my dad i was like dad i love cars now and he was like uh, why you don't i don't really like cars that much like you don't oh you, your dad a wasn't a car that, guy like, he has um an older car for anyone who likes cars, my dad has a 1959 MGA, which is a British sports car, which is very cool. cool. But he's not, my dad's just really handy. He's not a mechanic or anything. He yeah. can just fix anything. But he was like, yeah, I don't know where this interest in cars came from. And I'm like, no, dad, I'm cool now. I like cars. <laughs> um, so we bought my first sports car before I could drive. What um, was and it? It wasn't even that fancy. It was a Mitsubishi Eclipse, which is like. Ooh a sports car it's like a four-cylinder
0: sports Um, sports looking
1: yeah it's very it looks sporty um and i was like i like this car because they drove it in the fast and furious movies (laughs) (laughs) and
0: um, i put a
1: spoiler on the car that was so big that the like hydraulic thing that holds the trunk up could no longer hold the trunk up so i had to prop it up with a stick every that's time great. i open the trunk um, <laughs> and now i'm really fortunate um that my boyfriend is is really into cars um he has a nissan 350z that i've sort of co-opted and oh
0: my god a i'm bunch jealous of
1: modifications too and we also recently bought a, a 1987 toyota supra that was not Ooh. running when we purchased it that we are are doing as a project car that's cool um, Right now, that's going to make a nasty amount of horsepower when we're finished. It's turbo, oh, yeah. so it's fast. It makes the great blow-off valve noises. It's super Ooh. fun. Uh,
0: so before so we get into the Supra, um, I want to ask about the 350Z. That's like, yeah. y- y- you know, like I said, I don't know a lot about cars, but there's that one car model 350Z. Like, I have looked at that forever and, like, always wanted, because I love the body of it, right? Yes, um, it's a
1: lovely looking car. W-
0: what What year is it?
1: Uh, it's a 2006.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Well, yeah. are, aren't they up to like 370Z or something, or three, or is it still 350?
1: Yeah, the 350, 350. the are, 350s and the 370s were um, sort of crossover in in years that they were released. I believe the 370 oh, okay. uh, has a little bit; uh, it's a little bit more powerful. It has some extra features. Um, but now, oh, okay. uh, Nissan has announced the 400Z. Actually, I, I don't. I need to confirm that they were released in the same years.
2: Okay.
0: Because we'll get some car nut saying, yeah, some some car nut will be like, no, actually it was released, you know, Mm -hmm. such. I'm like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) Like I said, Uh, I
1: am almost positive, but if I'm wrong, that's fine. Someone is going to comment and let me know that I was wrong. Right. Um, right. (laughs) But the 400Z has been announced, which will be the next generation of... The Z car from Nissan, Oof. which is pretty cool.
0: That, that, that's going to be my midlife crisis car that I want to get Do like, it. One, Do one of it. those because um, I've got a hybrid right now, um which I was. N- I
1: like hybrids, honestly. I
0: I, like I. Oh, yeah. I love it. Like, I love the amount of like how long I can have a gas tank for. But yes. I bought it originally because I was commuting back and forth to work. But then I started working mm. from home back in 2019. And now I'm just like, I fill up maybe once a month now. And I'm like so i'm like shit so i bought a hybrid for almost no reason but my next my next car that i want to get and i told my wife this already um and this won't happen for like years is i want to get a tesla if not a tesla then something what? all electric i want an all-electric yes. car
1: i think teslas are really awesome teslas are actually they can be really fast electric cars oh yeah i, I love the super inside. Fast. Of them. Yeah. Uh, they're beautiful. They're really nice. I mean, they're expensive, of course. But I know, uh, I know. <laughs> if, you get, if you ever wind up getting a Tesla, spend the extra money and get the one that has self driving because you can just like do absolutely nothing. You can like read a book in your car on your commute, and that's right. the coolest thing in the whole world. So
2: right, but well,
1: I mean, back on the Supra. Sorry, I interrupted. Oh, you. oh no, ahead. no, no, no,
0: no. You're fine. You're fine. But no, I want to go to the Supra. Um, I want to ask. Um, and, and this is something that. I, I'm always fascinated by it. so you buy a project car right, and it doesn't work. What is it that fascinates you about wanting to get it working and, and and like essentially dumping money into something that, you know, it's gonna require a lot of money to get it work, depending on what's wrong with it, yes. right?
1: Yes. Um I think for me too it's like a really exciting learning experience you know like i said it's one of those things too where it's um people i think expect a lot from you on the scene it's like if you're a girl who's interested in gaming or a girl who's interested in cars it's like name every part of the car (laughs) To prove.
0: oh god yeah yeah i can see that
1: (laughs) (laughs) so um but i always enjoy something challenging i think that's maybe why i'm drawn to things like like cars and gaming and I'm always looking for weird ways to prove myself. I guess so learning something exciting like working on this project car has been great. I have really, really big like do it yourself energy too. Yeah. So um, you know, my boyfriend and I are, are digging around in the engine of the car and I'm like, let's just take out the whole CPS and open it and see what's wrong. I'm like, I'll figure out a way to get it out of there. Oh, <laughs> damn, next thing nice. you know, I'm like up to my shoulders in the engine of the car, like <laughs> trying to reach <make> a <laughs> bolt that I, I can't reach. And my boyfriend is like, what are you doing? I don't know what page of the manual we're on. And I'm like, I'll just get it out. It's fine. Like, uh, I can do we'll this. We'll figure it out.
0: Just as long <laughs> yeah. as you remember how you took it out, yeah, you can put yeah, it back in. Yeah, so
1: long as I remember. <laughs> so it's, it's fun for me because I love a good um, hands on project like that. Yeah. And I'm learning a ton. And I don't know, for a long time, I was like afraid to admit that because people will judge you really hard. They like expect you to already know everything about everything. But it's really exciting to learn new things and that's oh, it's yeah. the same thing with magic and with with building cars is that the the process of just learning some new skill is like the best thing in the world you've just expanded your mind and and challenged yourself in a new way um and it does take money uh the the super we bought for a really good price so there's actually a chance that if we wanted to we could resell it at a profit but that'd i think be, we're gonna be... keep it i think we're gonna keep it
0: oh um, that'd be cool Next no, I...
1: one we get. This one's technically for my boyfriend. The next one we do is for me. I know nice. what I want already. But... What,
0: what, what is it that you want?
1: Um, I want a shitbox Rusty Trans Am from the 70s. Like, the shittiest looking car what? in the whole world. I want it to, yeah, and then I'm going to put a crate motor in it, and it's going to look, like, so gross that no one's ever going to expect anything from it. And then it's just going to be fast as hell.
0: So, so when you pull up to someone in a sports car, like, at a stoplight and rev yeah, drive your engine. and their
1: car is, like, <laughs> shiny and beautiful, and my car, like, has a hole in the fender, and I, I don't know. I'm just really excited about the, like, the grungy aesthetic of
0: So the- isn't, isn't that, like, Vin Diesel's car in, what, Fast and Furious 8, where they were, like, driving that shitbox in the beginning in Cuba I, or something? I
1: don't actually think I saw Fast 8, but... It's very possible. Because
0: yeah. I think I think in the beginning of that movie, Vin and oh shit, what's her name? Uh his girlfriend, his wife. Um
1: I know who you're talking about, yeah.
0: I can't uh, I can't think of her name. Michelle Rodriguez, is
1: it? Uh, Maybe? that's that. yeah,
0: the, the the actress. I can't remember uh, the character's the name.
1: Yeah. It is she, Rodriguez. Yeah,
0: because she died in like, oops spoilers. She died in <laughs> in the fourth movie, then somehow magically survived.
1: Yeah, and then she came <laughs> back. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um no, but yeah, that, that's what happened in like the first like twenty minutes of of fast eight was <laughs> that they were like in Cuba, of course, Vin somehow gets roped into a car race yeah, and has to drive like know. the shittiest, shittiest yes. car ever, and it catches on fire and
1: <laughs> I like the sort of concept of the punk aesthetic of a of a sort of beater chipbox of a car. I just that appeals to me. I don't need oh, anything man. shiny. I just want something cool and cheap and fast
0: <laughs> oh man that, that that reminds me like if i ever took a project car one to make it fast or whatever i'd probably want to get something like a station wagon with the wood panels on the side of it so, something like oh, um oh, like like yeah. uh clark griswold's like vacation car and all yes, that stuff
1: yes. like it
0: looks so bad and ugly
1: <laughs> i love that there's something about just like putting some passion into a weird looking or kind of ugly car. I just think that's very exciting,
0: <laughs> man. You kind of want me getting to do that now. Maybe well, one day
1: you
0: I I'd ha- you have
1: a driveway spot or a garage spot and you can park it out there and mess with it like once a week, once every couple weeks.
0: I'd, I'd have to get my buddy involved because he's like the car guru nut. I'm all like, <laughs> like I, yeah,
1: well then you have a project with your friend. Yeah,
0: yeah no, it'd be fun. Um, the. Yeah, so, oh god, I freaking, like I said, I don't know shit about cars, but there's, like, certain ones that I just really love. Like, I want to get a Tesla one day, or an all-electric car, because by the time I, like, get one, I'm sure there's going to be more electric cars out there like an electric 350z that'd be fucking amazing that'd be
1: super cool i don't know if nissan is is yeah they have they have the nissan leaf right which is an electric car oh is it so i i think that maybe there's maybe one day there'll be some potential for an all-electric nissan sports car i think it's the leaf someone is going to come into these comments who knows everything about cars ever and they're going to tell me i was wrong about everything and that's okay
2: yeah it happens if
1: i have if i don't know everything about everything
0: and it's okay it's okay it's those people just they (laughs) they 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 love to hear themselves talk type and it's
1: all right too i'm okay if other people are experts in topics and i'm still learning that's oh
0: i i gladly admit to like my boss all that stuff like I, I don't know how smart you think I am, but I'm pretty dumb. All right, like no. <laughs> like I'm dumb. All right, but I get it,
2: that.
0: No, but um the the thing the thing that I've learned over the years is like trying to stay humble and um listening like listening to people who you know that are smarter than you and just understanding like oh shit because you can learn a lot. that Mentorship
1: way. is really valuable yeah. and important, and that. I mean that's funny because that applies to working on cars it applies to magic the gathering if you find someone who knows a lot about what you're doing um just having people that you look up to in the communities and content creators that you look up to in the communities i watch a ton of magic content creators i watch a ton of car content creators too um and that's what's that's what's super cool about being a content creator as well um is is that you hopefully get to make that really cool content that you admire for other people
0: oh yeah i know that's one of the that's one of the best things like i know i've helped out a bunch of people with just podcast tips and all that stuff and it's great you know helping out people like that and um no i i I love teaching that's one of my favorite things um to do not not just in content creation but what i do for work too um it's i i'm a network architect by day so i do a lot of um I, I'm in healthcare, so I work on a lot of networks and computers and hospitals across the nation and all that stuff. And um so and, and I love teaching our engineers like how to do stuff and all that. So it's great. It's great. That's I love awesome. teaching. Very cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty um can be pretty exhausting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. Yeah,
0: de- dealing with hospitals and doctors all day. It's not very fun sometimes. But it is what it is pays the bills but um yeah. so i want there's another topic i want to bring up too and this is yeah. something i watched your video on it but I, I also wanted to bring it to light on here because it's not something that i don't think i've ever talked about um and that's nfts and bitcoin oh and God. crypto and all that i liked your video on it um D- explain like real quick uh, what NFTs are if you can for the listeners who may not have watched your video or anything. Yeah,
1: so NFT stands for non-fungible token um, and it's sort of the terminology that people have been using in the cryptocurrency world uh, specifically referring to uh, buying and selling, reselling digital art um, so the reason it's it's related to magic is there's been some discussion within Hasbro about Bringing NFT sales to the magic world, so that means uh, you could buy and sell the NFT, which is complicated because you don't actually own anything. All you own is something that says that you own a piece. Do
0: Do you art. own the blockchain of it or something? Or? You
1: own the token, so the blockchain or the token. token okay. That relates to the work, but the original work of art still would belong to Wizards of the Coast. They would have the ownership of the original piece of artwork. So, uh, why? So, you own the token.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so, why would people even buy this or anything? Like, what, what's the point of making an NFT to sell, right?
1: I mean, making an NFT to sell. The point is that you make money if you're an artist. Well, it's great.
0: yeah, I, I guess I mean, um, yeah, or I, I, maybe not to sell, but to own,
1: to own, right? Right. Um, some people are collectors, I think, uh, and they want to collect this sort of digital version of an art. And a lot of people, I also believe, think of it as an investment. They purchase with the intent to resell. Um, but the interesting thing is the NFTs are all on the Ethereum. Uh, well, they're not all on, but primarily they're traded under the Ethereum cryptocurrency. Okay. And NFTs are actually the only thing that you can currently buy or sell with Ethereum. You can't oh, purchase okay. anything else. So if you own Ethereum, the only thing you're doing with it is reselling it or purchasing NFTs. Compared to Bitcoin, where you can buy things like yeah,
0: Tesla. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just. I guess I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Like, I get it. Like, I get the concept of NFTs, but it's like, why?
1: Yes. (laughs) I mean, that's that's kind of the question that I come back to every time, is that it sounds extremely pointless, and it also is relatively extremely pointless. Like, that is... People keep thinking there's, like, something larger to it, because the more you understand about it, like, the kind of dumber it sounds... Um, and that's sort of why it it feels like a big pyramid scheme.
2: Yeah, cause because
1: in it, my opinion, it kind of is a big pyramid scheme.
0: I I can't really <laughs> comment because it's like, I still don't know enough about it. But it's like, but just from what I know, I'm just like it just seems dumb. Like, I mean, yeah, cool. And is it is it cool that an artist like yourself could sell something for an NFT? Yeah, awesome. But it's also I just, I guess I just don't understand the appeal of wanting to buy it unless it's to support you or support an artist like that, right? Not, not some sure big some corporation.
1: Yeah, I'm sure some people purchase NFTs because they just directly want to support the artist that they're purchasing from. But in theory, we should have always been paying digital artists. We should have been commissioning digital artists and we should have oh, yeah. been buying their work, buying their prints, um, you know, buying things from them. So I feel like NFTs were not crucial in the existence of artists. If it helps, I guess if it helps more people actually realize that we should be paying artists for their time and work, great. But, I mean, we could have done that without NFTs.
0: True, true. (laughs) And um, I want to discuss the environmental impact about NFTs Mm. and and Bitcoin, or I guess cryptocurrency. Um, Can you explain a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so it's... there's some argument too because people are mining bitcoin mining crypto all the time anyway so there's a lot of conversation surrounding um you know even if nfts didn't exist people would still be mining crypto regardless but Mm -hmm. it does take a substantial amount of energy usage um to create the token for an nft the non-fungible token itself Um, it basically requires a bunch of computers solving complicated puzzles Uh, which is just churning energy. And there are ways to improve that Uh, going forward. There's ways to use less energy, but definitely not every person that's mining crypto (laughs) is taking that into account. Or every computer that's out there churning away is not doing it in the most energy-efficient way possible.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, shit, yeah. Um, (laughs) But I guess when an NFT, does it require more power than just trying to mine... Uh, like a Bitcoin or something or or like a Litecoin, something like that?
1: I don't actually know the answer beyond like if specific cryptocurrencies or specific token creations require more power. Um, I would assume um, Bitcoin... Bitcoin is based on a specific value, so it probably yeah. takes a very specific amount of energy to create one. Just
0: Bitcoin. one. Yeah, one.
2: Yeah, now it does.
1: I'm assuming NFTs and Ethereum, you know, NFTs are sold for different values, which mm-hmm. requires different amounts of Ethereum. Um, I'm, I'm not really an expert in Ethereum itself. My area okay. of interest has always been the NFT specific side. Unless I'm getting involved in the different cryptocurrencies themselves. I know a little bit about Bitcoin and Ethereum, but pretty much exclusively only how they relate to NFTs.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, it's always an interesting um, argument for cryptocurrency because it's... I mean, hell, look at the effect it has on just the video game PC market right now, right? With GPUs. Um And now I read somewhere that there's a new sort of um, cryptocurrency that's also going to start taking up hard drive space or something like that. They're utilizing hard drive space to try to do the calculations or whatever.
1: Interesting. I I can't
0: remember what it's called, but then if that takes off, then that's going to cause hard drive prices to skyrocket. Um, Oh,
1: man. I did also recently read about a new type of of NFT that was not Ethereum-based. It was based on um, a different crypto and blockchain technology that is supposed to be significantly more energy-efficient and environmentally friendly. Um, But I didn't get a a big chance to read into it. So, you know, maybe if something like that comes along and is developed a little bit more thoroughly, um, I'll have different opinions when it comes yeah. to the environmental side of it. But I need to read into it more. And I need to wait until uh, more information is available.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. The the thing that, that makes me wonder is. You know. I'm in networking. And the, part of what I have to deal with. When I architect a data center. Right. Is I have to think about power consumption. And, and with devices that are coming out. More and more. They're more. Um, uh, oh god. Power friendly. Uh, Eco friendly. Um, drawing less power and all that stuff. and But I can only imagine just the amount of essential pollution we're essentially making to keep that data center up and running. And that's only like maybe extremely small compared to the grand scale of like you think of Google's data centers, right? Or, Or Microsoft or Amazon Apple, stuff like that. And just the environmental impact those data centers have. And on top of it makes me wonder like how big some crypto mining operations really are um, and how much power that draws too. And it's like, like what's the answer to try to make all these, you know, the, the impact on the environment less. I mean, I, I feel like the companies are doing a better job as years go by ma- making these devices consume less power and all that. But I mean, Power's got to come from somewhere, though.
1: It does. And I think when I originally started researching NFTs, too, I'd heard before that there's an environmental concern. But it took a couple of examples to really put it in perspective for me. I think I mentioned in my video, too, but this one artist released a series of, like, six very short videos as NFTs. And then the amount of power that, that consumed to create those was equal to the same amount of power that that artist studio was like two months of operation for his entire studio it was the same amount of power that it took to create
2: like six short
1: video nfts um, which seemed massive I, I i read it a couple times and then i dug up a couple other examples because i was like that seems like a lot yeah. of energy like that seems like a lot of energy um, but it turned out, you know, as I read more and more examples, that it seemed to be consistently true that it was, in fact, a massive amount of energy going into this creation. Um, and I don't think, you know, as much as I personally don't really like NFTs, um, and I think some of, you know, Bitcoin makes sense to me, but some of the other cryptocurrencies don't really make very much sense to me in general. Yeah, they don't. But I don't think they're going anywhere necessarily, so I just hope that... Um, there are more energy efficient methods. Like you were just talking about Can, companies getting better. Um, yeah. Stuff like
0: that. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, this is coming from someone who understands the extreme basics of power and electricity. Like the, like, you know, very, very, very basics of electricity. And I can't even imagine like, y- you know, you, you take a bitcoining or, or crypto mining operation, put in slap it in a data center somewhere do those data centers have more efficient power consumption to like offset that stuff and maybe the grids they're attached to don't affect I don't know I don't know I'm just <laughs> spitballing here but it, it's it, if if I had it my way I'd say just get rid of cryptocurrency cuz I want a new video card <laughs> so from self, it's a little bit selfish of me. It's like, shit, I, I, cause I want to get one of the new three series, the 3000 yes, series. and I am not going to spend like two, $3,000 on like a 3080 or something like that. Like, no.
1: My boyfriend just got a 3080 he got one for oh. himself and i was like where's mine hello <laughs> right <laughs> he was like i could only get one i was like ah oh, now i have to wait six more months for us to find oh, one man. more 3080 somewhere
0: i've had so. my 1080 for a good couple years and it still works fine it's it still does its job but i really want that rtx i want that ray tracing i know
1: i, know. I have a 1080 as well i've had it six years five years now i, I think i've had I mine want about something the same. new i'm ready i'm like cracking my knuckles for a new graphics card
0: and and not what's fo-
1: magic the gathering arena right? supports <laughs> right but if it did i would be ray tracing the hell out of it with my new right? 3080 <laughs>
0: right and, and it's not even like i play high graphic intensity games on my computer either I don't, ever it's the i think I, I did play cyberpunk when it first came out okay. last year and yeah. i think i had everything set to ultra except you know the ray tracing and all that stuff and i'm like okay the game looks cool but eh you know just yeah. didn't do much to me and it's like i'd rather just go play magic or league of legends and i'm good
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah wait do you play a lot of league
0: um not lately i've been so busy lately with work um it's like this past month on top of my house and my job, and and now that I'm actively like trying to do more D and D content stuff, it's yeah. taken up a lot of time. So, it's
1: okay. But what champion do you main when you do play? Uh,
0: I, I guess I'm I'm a simpleton. I'm I love Ash. Ash is my favorite. Fine.
1: Ash is great. I love her. <laughs> she, she is.
0: is I mean, she because I I started playing back in 2011 or whatever, and I think she was like one of the first champions you played through the tutorial back yes, then. Yes, I and, think so. Uh, and she ever since then she's been my favorite. Um, her and Vigor, or Vager, the the, the, yeah, little, yeah, the little the little mage guy. May. Yeah. Though, the Ordle. the Though though the um, what I've been seeing lately. Because um, I just play unranked, I don't play ranked or anything. Um, what what I've been seeing lately is a uh, support in the bottom lane, which is like really fucking bizarre. It's
1: viable. It's fine.
0: It, it 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 throws me off so bad because yeah. you know you're used to some other support like Lux or yeah. or someone else, and um, yeah. so you know how to deal with it. But then dealing with a Viger bot, you're like, I don't. What what am I doing? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess he has some decent crowd control. So.
0: Yeah, the the, the... the
1: baby cage, yeah, is what the, everyone the cage,
0: calls it. Yeah, the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it's... Th- those two are my favorites. If I nice. had to pick them. What about you?
1: Um, I have level 7 champion mastery with Diana, and Diana only. I love Ooh. her so much. I can play her in almost any role. I mean, she's probably meant to be a mid laner, but... I got my level seven champion mastery playing her as an AD carry in bot lane, which is not how you're supposed to play her. (laughs) Um, But I did it. I was like, I will be better than every other AD carry Diana, which is like no one. So that's how I I got my champion mastery. Um, So
0: yeah, I I, just started. Oh no, that's awesome! I just started playing again this year, and um, and I haven't played since like 2014 maybe holy crap the game has changed so much like like the the whole champion levels thing um mm-hmm. the the blue essence and the the riot yeah. points yeah, or whatever
2: different.
0: um just in the crafting that can go in and you no longer have to buy runes anymore oh my gosh <laughs> i now, fucking no love that i yeah. hated that shit i hated yeah. like i felt like you could only focus on like one champion or one role when you had to grind yeah. for the rune points and all that. I hated that. It was the yeah. worst. So glad they got the rid of that. The
1: new system is better. It's much oh better Oh my gosh,
0: now. yeah. The the I downloaded this app called Blitz.gg.
1: Oh, um, I have it too. I have Blitz, and, yeah.
0: And coming back as like a player who hasn't played in years, holy shit, that's been like perfect for me. I no longer have to read guides on like what... Yeah what are the best skills to choose and items to buy? I'm like, oh, it just tells it all for me. I'm good.
1: I use it for team fight tactics, primarily. I have I not tried it that. Strategy. It's fun. If you're a Magic player, I mean, auto chess and, and I've card never games played, are not necessarily yeah. the same thing, but I think that um, it's it's more on the strategy side and less on the like mechanical reaction speed time of, yeah. of games. So I think that auto chess games are, are generally... Um, Pretty well liked by Magic players. I'll have so. to check.
0: I, I I think I did play one game of it, and I didn't understand anything was going on. It
1: takes, it takes a hot minute yeah. to to get it.
0: Seemed seemed like it, so I was just kind of like, I'm just gonna go back and play Summoner's Rift.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel it. I feel it,
0: man. And they got rid of um Twisted Tree Line and all that, um, and that was yeah. one of my favorites. Like, it wasn't the best, but God, I had some really awesome games as like Garen and that.
1: Um, yeah that on map? the 3v3 yeah. yeah
0: that was the freaking best but <laughs> no i mean at least they still have a ram because that's um that that's always a fun casual one to play with with some friends A-Ram's
1: never going away
0: good good and, and <laughs> I, I'm,
1: hope. I mean like knock on one <laughs>
0: oh it's been around well let's see they they had it back when even when i quit back in 2014 so i'm assuming it's gonna not go anywhere and they still have earth to ultra rapid fire yeah. mode yeah oh my gosh that was so much fun i love it
1: it is fun it's a good one
0: yeah well i need to uh, i need to get back into playing it again just so little time right now but i would
1: play league with you i was like well let's play league together but i'm the person that only plays ranked everything
2: oh I'm only
1: not. ranked literally every single game I'm like, what is the point of playing casual? But that's just who I am as a person. So I know,
2: and that
0: and that's okay. <laughs> that's good. Okay. I I used to be just like that. Um, with like almost every game, like I wanted to get ranked. Um, especially when StarCraft Two came out. Oh, oh man, I was so obsessed with it. Um, I got very high up in the ladder in StarCraft Two, up to well. up to diamond, and that was before they had like um. Grandmasters and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then they just had masters. I was like right on the cusp of getting to masters or whatever, and but holy, talk about freaking insane amount of time playing that game, like. And then also Call of Duty too. Like my wife and I, every every time a new Call of Duty comes out, we'll play it together for like a few months, and it's sort of been like our ritual for the past couple years. That's awesome, and, um, but then. Yeah, she she's turning more into the competitive player now, and I'm turning more into the casual. Like, like I'll I'll enjoy playing Animal Crossing for hours, and she's all into playing Apex Legends ranked and getting Challenger. I don't know what the hell it's all called. What the ranks are?
1: That's very cool. Yeah, very cool.
0: Yeah, she doesn't. I'll
1: play League of Legends ranked with your wife. If she plays League, she
0: doesn't. She, she doesn't oh, do man. any computer games. It's all it's ah, all it's all console. console. Okay,
1: that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, for so, her. My
1: Apex game is too bad. I bet she's like a million times better than me.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I, I can't even play with her anymore. She she'll get just get mad at me because it's like I don't know all the best guns and armor and all that stuff, and I'm all like, like, is this any good? Is this it's just like she's like, shut up and just we gotta go.
1: I love that.
0: <laughs> I'm like, oh That's
1: damn. <laughs> she's very serious
0: oh yeah I, and, and it's weird too because she's I mean she's always been like a competitive person but yeah. she's never been into a game like that like we would play when we play Call of Duty we would mainly just play zombies because that's what she loved oh, she man. she loved the zombies mode and that's what we mainly played but she never really played the, the online like the death match or capture the flag or anything like that mm-hmm. um, but some with Apex she just uh, something happened where she just latched on and just fell in love it's the
1: right game for her yeah
0: which is great and that i w- good. I want to play with her like I because you know I want to be able to spend time with her but I'm like i don't I don't like battle rails at all i just yeah. don't it's it's like trying to get her to play magic she does not like magic no matter how many times she's tried to play it just
1: that's different uh, different genres of games I think yeah. very drastically appeal to different people and that's okay
0: yeah that's fine it's fine. Um, she's, um, I-, I love her. She. I, I love that <laughs> she's turning into a gamer now later in life because she-, she would always, I wouldn't say get mad at me for playing games, just more like, oh, it's such a waste of time type stuff. And now it's like, I can't, like on her days off from work, it's like at night, all she wants to do is just play games. And I'm like, I don't blame her. It's her day off yeah. and all that stuff. But yeah. it's like, damn, never thought I'd see That's her good. hooked on to a like console. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> but what what does suck though is when I want to get a PS5, I also have to buy her one at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, you have to do PS5. Yeah, yeah. that's how it goes when you have two gamers in the household.
0: Right, right, because you can't share one console. Because we tried that.
1: Yeah.
0: it's she she I would get frustrated. She'd be hogging up my PS4, and then she'd get frustrated. I'd be playing something, and so it'd be like, all right, fine, I'll buy you your own. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> and now with Perfect.
0: And I had to buy her her own Switch this year too cuz she wanted Ooh. to play Animal Crossing and Pokémon. Yeah. So
1: Important, very oh, yeah. important titles for the Switch. Good games. So I still don't have a Switch.
0: Oh my god. I don't if, know what
1: I'm doing with my life.
0: If you travel a lot, it's like the best console ever. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz for for my job, well before pandemic, like I would have to travel a lot for work and all that mm-hmm. stuff, have to fly around the country. Um and best console ever for traveling like it's you know name, name a game yeah it's perfect for it like you know i the the two things i always bring with me when i travel is my switch and my kindle you know read oh, yeah. and then yeah read when i want to and then play a game when i want to it's it's the best but ideal oh yeah it, it's the switch is you know, as much as I want a PS5 and as much as I love the PS4 and my PC, it's like Switch has been my favorite console in a long time. It's just so good.
1: I I just, I feel like I never got into handhelds. I, I think I touched on it a little bit, but I just didn't grow up playing games. Um, I don't have any brothers or sisters. I'm an only child, and I don't know. It wasn't ever anything that my parents were like, let's play games together. It just did yeah. happen. So I just... Never had handhelds. I didn't really have a console until I was maybe 17. Mm -hmm. I got like a PS2. It was already there. Was PS3 was already out at that point, but Mm -hmm. my parents bought me like an old PS2. So, um, I think that's probably why I'm so much of a PC gamer. I just didn't, didn't play a lot of console at all growing up, but I played RuneScape on the computer when I was like nine years old and you had to lie about your age, (laughs) (laughs) but um you know <laughs> that's pl- why i'm here on my pc <laughs>
0: yeah no and that's fine it's um i i don't know i don't know when it comes to my gaming i guess it depends on like the day of the week right it's yeah. like there are times where i just want to do nothing but pc game then other times i just want to do nothing but play on the consoles and all that stuff and the great thing about the switch is it can be both a console and handheld so that's, exactly. the, that's the best thing about it.
1: It's so versatile. Every time I think about that console, I'm like, they were the smartest people. <laughs> they I, I just can't just did it right.
0: Yeah, I can't see how Nintendo could ever go back and make a normal console after this. Like.
2: Because
0: it, it it it'd be dumb for them to do that. Like with how successful the Switch is, it's it's dumb. Like, yeah. I, it just doesn't make any sense. All right, so. Hold on, I have a list of questions for you.
1: Oh my god, okay.
0: That um I've been doing recently with um some of my guests. It's something new that I've done um and just to try to get people to know you a little bit more
2: cool.
1: and
0: get get some answers, so it's going to be some weird questions, but let's see how you answer okay. them though. You ready?
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm All ready. Right.
0: What's the scariest animal?
1: The scariest animal?
0: And it could be insect, sea creature stuff like that too.
1: Oh, the scariest animal are those like weird fish that live at the very bottom of the ocean.
0: Oh, ones with I like I don't
1: know what they're called, but they like yeah, like they look the
0: no eyes scary. or anything. They have,
1: like, little like light things that like hanging, yeah, and, like those the, the huge teeth
0: or whatever. Things.
1: Yeah, they're, oh, they're like fifty like percent teeth. Yeah, those are the scariest animals.
0: Oh God! Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just going underwater, period, would just be like, no, I'm good. Like, going in a submarine or something like that, like, no. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, no. way too deep in the ocean yeah. where there are things that we, like, don't know about yet.
0: Right? Yeah. Right? And not only that, like, oh, like one little crack or something somewhere, and you're I like, know. oh, yeah. you're dead. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's the best sandwich?
1: Oh, um this is weird but i don't fuck with bread very much okay uh, i know everyone is like i love bread and i just like don't really like bread that much That's fine. so i don't eat very many sandwiches okay. um i like yeah i don't like sandwiches i don't like sandwiches that's so weird someone's hey. gonna be like what the fuck, this girl doesn't like sandwiches
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey I there's like um
1: all
0: right, all right all right you want to know something i don't like and yeah. this has gotten hate comments before. I don't okay, like I'm ice gonna... cream. I don't. I. I. Aww. I cannot stand ice cream.
1: I like ice cream, but I will respect your dislike for ice cream.
0: <laughs> it um, I I gag at the smell of it. That's
1: so, well, that's weird, but but. I mean, it doesn't bother. It doesn't hurt my life that you don't yeah. like ice cream. So. No, but I've
0: I've had so the many people, <laughs> I've had so many people mad at me. Yeah. I'm like, like I don't yeah. like ice cream at all, and they're just like, what yeah. the
1: fuck? <laughs> it is pretty weird, but it's okay. It's all right. To each their own.
0: Yeah, we all have our weird little quirks. Oh, it. Um, what is your least favorite smell?
1: My least favorite smell is this this mixture of of. Stew that my mom made one time in my childhood that consisted of tomatoes, fried okra, and corn,
2: okay. and both
1: the coloring and the smell to me was like vomit, and I was like, I can't do this. This is the do you worst thing. I still remember that experience. I still remember that smell. It's a terrible smell. Oh man. And everyone else was like, this is fine. Like, why don't you like this? Like, it's just a stew. It's pretty good. And for something, something about it was not for me. It was just, I. That's I crazy. it was like when I was 10 years old and I still remember how bad it was. That's the worst smell.
0: Oh, wow. And you still remember after all, all these very, years.
1: Yes. My mom is a very good cook too. So it was very bizarre that she made something that I just did not, could not do. Oh, so wow.
0: That's that, crazy. That was
1: the worst smell.
0: On, on the flip side, what's your favorite smell?
1: Uh, my favorite smell is sage. Okay, I, I spent some time growing up in Colorado, and sage is everywhere. and It smells so good, and I've been trying to find the perfect sage-scented candle, but I don't think it exists. I mm. don't think that there is a good sage-scented candle. So, if you someone out there who makes candles, <laughs> I would
0: right. really like
1: a sage-scented candle, please.
0: I have to. I can't even think of what sage smells like off the top of my head right now.
1: Oh, it's good, very good.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I like that. It's a unique answer. Um, Alright, next one. You get one song to listen to for the rest of your life. What is it?
1: One song?
2: Just one song.
1: Mm-hmm. Probably Gemini Feed by Banks.
2: I don't know <sighs> it's okay. that is. You don't know it. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs>
1: Uh, She's like an indie electronica um, singer songwriter. I just I really like that song. It's the title track off of um, the first track off of an album she released when I was in college. I listened to that album on repeat for about six months of my life. I think I was in a dark time, and the album was just you know sometimes you just have music that that does something for you in a time period, and that was the one for me. So probably the song.
0: No, I, I've I've got one that um oh god what's the name of the album um you ever heard of the band Cursive?
1: What genre?
0: Oh god, what genre would they even be? Um, having to look it up. Um, I'm they're an American up, yeah. indie rock band.
1: Okay, all right.
0: Um, shit, I don't was,
1: think I know them.
0: Yeah, the Ugly Organ. Um, their their album called the Ugly Organ that was like my album i listened to like so much during yeah. college and all that's that. that's cool but yeah i know what you mean like there, there's there's those songs that it, something happens to you in that time of life and that song like will stick with you forever
1: oh and yeah all that.
0: so so was it gemini feed you said it was yes
1: the name of the song is gemini feed
0: okay okay um all right next one what is one thing you own that you should really throw out
1: I'm like looking at my apartment. I have a couple of houseplants that are like almost dead that I haven't given up on but they're probably just completely dead and I should really get rid of them. But well, I can't bring myself to commit to the fact that they're dead.
0: Well if you can revive them somehow.
1: I keep trying and, and at some point though you know after you've been trying to revive a dead looking plant for several months you really just need to give up on it. Like mm. this one's actually dead. So. <laughs> I'm, um, and I'm pretty good with plants, so most of my plants do pretty yeah, well.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm noticing. There's a, couple, you know, there's a
1: couple that I just can't, I haven't given up on them, but they're definitely already dead.
0: No, I've, I've noticed the plants in your background. I like them. Um, are they think, all live?
1: They're all live. All of my nice. plants are real. I have, nice. I think I have like 35 houseplants. Some, are, some are small, but I yeah, have a yeah. lot of houseplants.
0: Man. I, I,
1: like, I like my plants. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Like, my wife and I tried that in one of our apartments one time and just, um, yeah, didn't last very long. We, we kept on forgetting to water. We sucked.
1: <laughs> it's only good if you like it because, honestly, fake plants look pretty good. But if, if it's something that brings you joy like it does for me, I just like the process oh, yeah. of caring for and raising plants. So, oh, But I'm awesome. not one of those people that judges people for having fake plants. Like, if a fake plant is right for you, have a fake plant. Yeah, right. Plant. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because yeah, some people are like me who, you know, get a real plant, will water it, and then forget a week because of who the hell knows, life. you know, yeah. life. Yeah. So
1: it's good okay. for me. It's like calming to just go remind myself to water all the plants, recenter myself, take some and time. And that's awesome. It's good. I
0: yeah. like that. I like that. It's sort of like your own meditation, your own form of meditation.
1: Yeah. yeah. It takes me, like, a good 30 minutes to water all my plants, so it's fine. I just have to do it.
0: (laughs) Wait, 30 minutes of meditation, just looking at your plants and Mm -hmm. seeing how well they're growing and all that. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. And they they
1: all have really, really good punny names. Um, My favorite is uh, Keanu Leaves. That's my favorite (laughs) plant, but he's all the way over there. I can't show you him right now, but they're all very punnily named.
0: That's awesome. What's something people seem to misunderstand about you?
1: Oh, um, I don't know if it's like misunderstood, but I, I speed walk like everywhere I go and I think people think I'm just constantly in a hurry and I'm like too busy for them because I'm always on fast mode, but I just have really long legs. <laughs> So it just it's just how fast that I walk. But I've, I've had experiences like when I go to TwitchCon and stuff, people are like, it seems like you don't want to hang out with me, like you're trying to lose me in the crowd or whatever. Like, no, I just I'm very tall and I have very long legs. And that's just how fast I walk. So yeah. I'm not trying to avoid anyone. I just have a fast pace.
0: So are you one of those people who don't like to dawdle, like to walk slow or something?
1: um i mean not really i don't really notice that i'm like consciously in a hurry to get anywhere um but i just i tend to be at a pretty fast pace um but i I mean i'm also i'm taller than most of my my female friends i guess too so Mm -hmm. if i'm ever walking somewhere with them i just feel like i'm my legs are like twice as long so i'm going pretty quickly
0: interesting i like that um what would you pick for your last meal?
1: Oh, for my last meal, my very first thought was like Kraft macaroni and cheese.
2: <laughs> so I guess
1: that's gonna have to be it. <laughs> I really like the the boxed macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and Kraft. <laughs> I love that shit. I love hey. it so much. It's like my comfort food as an adult now. Is like you make a box of mac and cheese.
0: And that's awesome. I guess I mean...
1: that's gonna have to be my last meal.
0: Well, would you do anything fancy with it or just straight out of the box and eat it like that?
1: Just, just out of the box. Pour the whole thing in a bowl. Go nice. for it. Nice. Nice.
0: <laughs> hey, that's a, very interesting. That, that's one of the more interesting answers. I like it's
1: it. Just, it's one of those like comfort... It's not my favorite food in the whole world.
2: Yeah,
1: like, yeah. My favorite food is probably like my mom's cream potatoes, which is super good. But I don't know if that's really... like. Like when you say last meal, it implies that like your mother isn't cooking it and no one's gonna do it the same way as your mother. So you have to have something that like anyone can cook. And I feel like it's pretty hard to fuck up a box of mac and cheese.
0: Someone so, out there can fuck it up.
1: I'm sure they could, but it's <laughs> gonna be more difficult. And and so I have to go with that.
0: Okay, cool. Cool. Uh speaking of food, if you could have dinner with any three people dead or alive, who would it be and why?
1: Any three people? Yep. This is hard enough to think of one person. Um, Any three people dead or alive? I think I would like to have dinner with... (laughs) Honestly, this one's kind of cheesy, but uh, three of my grandparents have passed away. One is still alive, and it would probably have to be the three of my grandparents who have passed away, because most of them passed. when. I was old enough to know them decently Mm -hmm. but i was too young to have asked them like any interesting questions about their lives and all of them lived really really interesting um lives like one of my my grandmothers grew up in europe during world war ii and i would have loved to been able to ask her like questions about her life that i just was too young to ever get to know so it would have to i guess be all three of my grandparents who have passed
0: no, and that's a perfect answer, because I know one of my answers would be my grandfather, who was pretty much like my father growing up. And mm. same thing. He was a World War II soldier. He was there in the invasion of Normandy and all wow. that stuff the, the day of. And just he, he would never talk about it growing up and okay. all that. And I don't blame him because, you know, right. I can only imagine the atrocities he saw and right. all that. So but I love to pick his brain just asking him more stuff that I felt like maybe I never got a chance to ask him. And all that. So
1: Yeah, I'm the same way. No,
0: I, I'm sure. I'm right there with you. I'd be <laughs> having with my grandparents too. So I like that. It's nice. Um, and last question, what motivates you in the morning to get up? Um, coffee and spite. <laughs> coffee and spite. <laughs> Where's the spite coming from?
1: I don't know. I I feel like a lot of my motivation um is uh, and I don't think I get like an exceptional amount of, of harassment or hatred, but the l- the little bit that comes through to me, I think just makes me very, very encouraged to continue to always become a better person. I always do my best and always try even harder um, because, you know, I know I'm, I, I make worthwhile things. I put really cool yeah. stuff out there, but sometimes the spite... It was just very satisfying.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: if I just do this this one thing and I do it really well, mm-hmm. it's going to feel so good. <laughs> and then coffee. I have coffee. Every morning, I walk to the same coffee shop. They all know my name. They all know what I drink. <laughs> and it's just it's nice. It gets me out of bed in the morning. I'm like, if I get out of bed, I can go get my coffee.
0: So well, that's good. It works it's- out. So how how do you deal with all the harassment you get? Like, I I know we talked about it earlier, but it's got a, does it take a toll on you at all or?
1: Sometimes every now and then I'll just have a really bad night where it's like, why, why are people specifically so mad at me when I don't even know who they are? It's just like people in the world. Um, but I think for the most part, um, Sometimes I think it's really funny. Sometimes mm-hmm. I get a really good laugh out of it. Like people say mean things to me, and it's like so unrelated to who I am as an actual person that it's like almost humorous.
2: Yeah, no, I, I know what I you kind
1: mean. And they hit all the mean buzzwords, and I'm like, none of those things actually describe anything about me. So sometimes I get a really good laugh out of it. It's like you know they're just grasping at at something, but um, it doesn't reflect me at all. So. Sometimes you know it gets a little hurtful, and you're just like, "Why?" The question I ask myself very frequently is like, "Why?" This is just exhausting for probably both me and them. Yeah, taking time out of their day. But um, I think you just have to laugh about it, find some humor in it, and then and then remind yourself that spite is actually an okay motivator. So sometimes you just <laughs> I you get it like and that. you. You succeed even better the next day and you're just like sticking it to the man. Not really the man, but you know what I mean. No,
0: I know what you mean. Yeah,
1: (laughs) you're just going to do even better because of it.
0: And be like, fuck you. I'm awesome. type shit. yeah, Yeah. like, like, get the fuck out of (laughs) here.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to do even better. It's like I'm not going anywhere. So uh, the stuff that people say is pointless because I'm just going to have more achievements.
0: No, it's, I, I know, Jimmy, like I said, I, I can't compare, like, to what you get and w- what I've seen, like, Pixie gets, you know, because I know the harassment women get are different and all that stuff, um but any kind of hate that I get, I, I just try to have the mindset of, like, yes, it feeds me, like, yes. bring <laughs> me the hate. <laughs> that means, hey, they watched something of mine and they hated I it. I know. <laughs> Right. Haters
1: really do be making me famous. Sometimes right. I come to that and like okay but you watch all of my content. You follow all of my accounts. And you're probably like 50% of my YouTube hours. So it's, yeah, it's going like, to be okay. It's like
0: why? <laughs> you're wasting why?
1: your own time. I I mean, I mean it's there's technically helping me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's like what I don't understand like uh, of course there's, you know, people I don't like out there and all that sure. stuff but I, I just don't watch their content or i just don't yeah, pay attention to them it's like i don't i don't care what they do you know what i mean it's like yeah. but no these people just they have to tell you how they feel because they're right fuck you you're wrong <laughs> and all
1: that like that's why i sometimes get a good laugh out of it it's like funny yeah. how important your content is to them it's almost more important to them than it is to me sometimes i'm just like and level of investment in this is very extreme but I appreciate it in a weird way so yeah Uh, okay
0: just (laughs) people love to be mad about something it's and, and oh that was right that was something I wanted to bring up that um we briefly touched on was just um uh like how when you said you started playing magic again with arena and all that going to being nervous about people like playing in person and all that um that's one thing that i feel as like the culture around magic has gotten slowly better is the less gatekeeping compared to what it was you know 10 years ago like yeah there's still a lot of gatekeeping that goes on in magic um and you see the same stuff in the D and D community as well too, but it's got. I I feel it's gotten way better because, like you mentioned, there's a lot more diversity and inclusiveness. Like when I went to my first GP, five, six, seven years ago or whatever, pretty much nothing but dudes, right? Majority and like very few women, uh, or any other kind of POCs or anything like that. And the last one I went to. I think towards the end of 2019 or something, it was, like, way more diverse than it was I'd ever seen. I'm just like, holy shit, just a short amount of time, it's gotten way more diverse. Like, could it be better? Yeah, of course. But, um, it, it's, and, and I feel like that's where a lot of people just get mad because they're, they're so used to this whole thing like culture of nerd culture, like magic getting open to the masses when for a long time it was just, you know, relegated to just the people in the basement and all that stuff and people can't accept times are changing and all that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's easy primarily to be around like people who look like you and have the same background as you, which is why, like as a woman, it's great to go to an event and you see other women there because you feel like automatically like you have a place to belong. But I can imagine that some people feel the opposite way as well. It's like they go to a place and it's no longer like entirely people that look like them and come from the same background. So um, they're adjusting some people adjust really well and some people. Do not adjust quite as well, but I also think that, um, and this is, you know, one of the reasons why I am a content creator is because we have such positive and talented, like women and diverse people, uh, non-binary individuals in the Magic: Gathering content space. That it's been really encouraging to me. Uh, that it is going to be a welcoming and positive environment and i'm hoping that you know me being out there and sharing my experience and even talking about like how nervous i get will be you know people are going to relate to that maybe there's like other women out there who are like oh my god i'm really nervous to play too but if she did it and it worked out yeah. okay for her then they'll be like well i'll just keep going and I'll keep trying and
0: and that's awesome
1: they'll have the same experiences that I've had and I mean I wouldn't probably be a woman in the content creation space here if it wasn't for uh you know streamers like like Amy Amazonian and Mm -hmm. like Voxy um who just are are massive and popular on Twitch and I'm really excited um for them and then there's women in the space like Emma Handy I know she works for Wizards now but She's yeah. an incredibly talented, like high-level player. Oh yeah, that inspires me every right. day. Great commentator so.
0: too. When she did it
2: too. Yes,
1: yes. So I just I get really excited to see all the women in this space, and that's like why I'm here. And then I just hope that even after me, there's the next generation of even more women in this space.
2: So. Oh
0: yeah, and I think I think that's one of the, been the great things about arenas. It's opened the doors for a lot of women and. People and yeah. non binary and people like that. Um, because I, I've said this before where b- before Arena, like I can only recall like one or two women streamers streaming magic, just magic online. Now it's so many and it's awesome to see. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's great to see that diversity. It really is.
1: It's inspiring and it's exciting too. Um, and I think, you know, having so many women in the pro scene for magic is really inspiring to me too. Because yes. that was always my like stretch goal. And I'm like, there's already people out there doing it. That could be me. It could so easily be me. When you can picture yourself there, it's <laughs> much easier.
0: <laughs> it could be you, Jana, Sky Bills as the Oh
1: my God. There's so so many like up and coming, really talented um women admin and non-binary people on twitch too who i'm just i'm just looking forward to the next generation of like pro players too regardless oh, yeah. of of gender as well i'm still still excited i su- i support so many like really great men in the content creation space who are who are doing everything they can to make the space better as oh, well yeah. that i really 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 appreciate that oh yeah
0: no <laughs> it's, it's um... made
1: it much more inviting
0: oh no that, yeah that's always good it, it... it it is nice seeing um especially like the pandemic has come out with a lot of good newer content creators or magic that are just you know just really great people and um it's i like seeing that because the one thing i notice almost every year is there's i i always see a new influx of content creators these starting at the beginning of the year and all that stuff but it's what i look for to see like all right who's gonna stick with it right you know, because some pe- people will be like, yeah, I'm going to start streaming or podcasting or YouTube and they do it for three, six months and that's it. Um, right. It's what I get interested in. It's like, who's going to stick with it and like actually do something that you know, is innovative or fun or creative, you know, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's so, exciting. Um, yeah. And even you know, I've been streaming magic for I guess it's been two years now, but there's been new creators even who have started after me who've done so well for themselves and that's exciting right? too it's just it's great that magic is growing and that people are, oh, yeah. are just starting in content world and they already have have really great large audiences like uh philippa is doing really well i think oh
0: my gosh was, yeah, yeah she's um... streaming
1: just a little bit before her and she's like already grown a massive and she's so good she's an yeah. amazing player
0: i know so i, I really remember fun. when she first started out and now it's like she's already blowing up it, it's great I to know. see that That
1: is good. Um, it's really
0: cool it's um god it th- that's also part of the fomo that misses out with content yeah. creation because you're like uh, you know i'm like five years into this like oh i wish i could be as big as so and so but I-, I think that's where it comes down to people's goals are different though in terms yes. of like i i don't want to be a twitch streamer like i i like right. streaming on twitch but there's no way I want to be like Twitch partner or anything like that. It's just not what I enjoy. I I love this, right? I love the podcasting. Um, You're good at it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) But it's what I enjoy.
1: It's always exciting. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, But, and and I think that's what a lot of content creators just need to find out is what do they enjoy instead of just doing what's popular.
2: Yeah. I think that
1: there's a lot of different ways to be a creator. Um, And especially now, with even things like TikTok are coming to the forefront, it's like there could be Magic: The Gathering TikTok creators that just do that as a primary. We don't even know about them. That would be so cool.
0: I know that that's part of why I joined TikTok because just to try to discover more people out there. And um, and yeah, I've already met a few people that you know just do Magic TikTok stuff. And I tell them like, come over to Twitter, all right? Come on over. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like (laughs) great. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, Twitter's great I and all. I have my
1: ranking of, like, friendliest social media platforms for Magic. Twitter's pretty good. Twitter's, Twitter's deep. Oh, is
0: it? What, what yeah. do you, is Facebook the worst?
1: Uh, yeah. Facebook and Reddit.
0: I know. Yeah, for, Facebook I,
1: and Reddit. And then Twitter is, well, I guess probably then Instagram, then TikTok, and then Twitter, and then Twitch, which is the best. Okay. So okay. I have a ranking system <laughs> in my I head.
0: No, it's um, I I just started doing um, on TikTok just recently. I started doing uh, taking magic cards and translating them into D and D spells and all that. And oh, I, I love I've, that. I I've been doing it on Twitter too, but I haven't been making videos of it. But oh man it's you, you think magic players love to tell you that you're wrong D players <laughs> love to tell you that you're wrong on stuff you're like no. it's just like oh my god it's like <laughs> so, so the the thing with like trying to convert magic cards into dnd spells is like there's so many magic cards out there that summon creatures or tutor for creatures yes. and all that stuff kind of hard to convert over into D, where it's like a pen and paper rpg so you try to be a little bit more creative with it and then you try to do something different with that card and they're all like no you're wrong it needs to be like this it needs to do this i'm like oh okay, okay. you you fucking do it then I'm, I'm i'm just having fun making this thing here you know
1: <laughs> i know i do that all the time people are like i would have done that better i'm like but did you?
0: Yeah, but did you? Did you
1: do it? Did you? Did you make it? Did you make the content? Was it better? Because you didn't even make it. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Oh, my God. The, the worst, the worst is when you're playing either Arena or like even Paper EDH in front of a bunch of people on stream and you make a mistake in play and you have so many people telling, well, why didn't you play it like this? Why didn't you play the land first and then lightning bolt the bird or whatever? You're like, well, you know sorry. I'm not fucking perfect, okay?
1: <laughs> I know. It's like I didn't see that line, okay? Yeah. That moment, I was just you know doing the brain thing. It's fine. It's okay. You're not playing, yeah. game.
0: I, I remember the f-
1: Twitch all the time.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. I remember the first time I got like super nervous on a stream. Um, Channel Fireball was doing like their online command um. fest last year, and all that, and I and. The game i was playing there was like five six hundred people on stream watching and it's like i've never had that many people watching me like i average like maybe 20 to 30 right and th- that doesn't bother me but having like 600 people and i'm all like playing a deck and and you can see in the corner of the chat like oh well why didn't zuby do this or that or like his deck is terrible and i'm like shut the fuck up all right it's nerve-wracking <laughs>
1: Because at I don't know. the same time, I think we should normalize people making mistakes yeah. more often, yeah. like learning things and just like doing their best. It's okay.
0: No, because because during okay. that command vest, you also had someone. Um, that wasn't on screen or anything talking to all of us on oh, the pod yeah. t- t- telling us certain stuff like like oh you know make sure you hurry up the play or whatever or yeah. you know hey make sure xyz happens and you're just like oh shit and th- that adds on to the pressure you're like oh fuck. yeah i don't think people yeah. realize like it can be nerve-wracking no
1: <laughs> it is it's always you know putting out content and anyway uh yeah. you know you want people to watch it but at the same time there's the nerve-wracking behind the fact that people are watching it—that's
0: that, that's why I like podcasting, where it's like, hey, I don't have to prove that I'm a good player. I know I'm trash and all that stuff. It's oh, like,
1: I bet you're not. I hundred percent don't uh, believe it.
0: I, all I really play is EDH now and Cube. Cube is about it. It's I, I used to be competitive, but I I can't. It, it just <laughs> I think what killed it for me were the other players, just the amount of rules lawyers and the people always trying to one up you and stuff and like trick you up just like I, I hated that shit that's, that's why like that's why I like hearing like competitive players like yourself like you know just do arena and all that stuff because man paper play not saying that I don't think you can do it or anything I think you're you're very capable from what I've seen but man it's it's fucking like nerve wracking too because it's
1: I made so many mistakes in paper play it's
0: but- it's it, well, And it's not so much mistakes on your own. It's when you play against, like, a complete asshole, too. Yeah.
2: Who is,
0: who is watching to make sure you fuck up. And then as soon as you fuck up, judge. You know, a, yeah. they're, they're trying to get you game warning or game match loss. It's like, oh, I hated that. I hated that whole environment of it. It was so yeah. toxic.
1: I played against people, you know, who... I'm trying to name something with reflect or not reflector meddling mage. Yeah. Um, and it's like you forget the precise like exact oh, yeah.
2: card. Oh, yeah. Or
1: you get like one word in the name of the card wrong. Or yeah, or, like,
0: they'll get a judge on it's, you. It's,
1: it's like a a legendary card, so it has a name, like an actual name, and you're like pronounce it wrong or don't remember the exact Yeah, the name, full name or it's something. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, you know what I mean. <laughs> You don't yeah. have to be an asshole about it. If it was a reversed, I would 100% be like, y- yes, that was fine. Like, I know the card yeah. that you mean, and I know fully well that that is what you intended.
0: Oh, and the worst is. like you say something yeah. like
1: Big Karn, and they're like, what's the name of Big Karn? I'm like, I don't fucking know the name of Big Karn off the top of my head. It's Big Karn. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the Tron one.
1: Yeah. The big one, because there's this little Karn and Big Karn.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Fine. shit what is it? What, is it what is it's, it what is it
0: sat khan urza scion or is that or karn liberated is karn liberated the big one
1: karn shit. liberated is seven and there's karn the great creator which is four but that one doesn't really see play i guess there's karn scion of urza which is also four
0: is it karn liberated is the big one
1: yeah Okay. Karn,
0: See, I haven't, I haven't played I'm Modern to look in it years up. I'm now. I'm like trying
1: to look it up at the same time. <laughs> um,
0: no, yeah, but it, little
1: it Karn gets cards out of your sideboard, and then Big Karn does the, other
0: bullshit. yeah, the <laughs> exile shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: the 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 thing that I um, hated the most was n- not even when I was doing like Comp REL events, but when you're doing F and M, and you have the people that take it so seriously, like. Like, oh, oh, my God, you know, $20 in store credit is on the line. What am wow. I going to do? <laughs> you know, or, or maybe a pack or two, you know, yeah,
2: yeah. and it's
0: like you're taking this way too seriously. Yeah. That that also killed my mood of wanting to ever play competitive again. So not, not that EDH can be any better, but when you find a group of people that you really enjoy playing EDH with, it makes it all the better. It's true.
1: EDH... For me and my history of playing, just has such long games, and my this is another thing. My attention span is like this long, <laughs> which is why I love modern because the games are hopefully gonna be like really short. So that's probably oh, you, that's like the You'd love
0: for me. Legacy too.
1: I probably would. It's like the shortest game possible. <laughs> Speed run it.
2: <laughs> you, you that's
1: why EDH is like it's just long for me. It's so it, long yeah, yeah, EDH,
0: yeah, it can be like. With Legacy, you'd probably love Infect or something, where it's, like, over my turn win. two. I would
1: just be like, yeah, turn two, turn three win, that's great, and then I can play the next game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that is one thing I really did enjoy about Modern Legacy. Like, especially when doing the side events at GPs, you'd be over pretty
1: quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't have to sit there for too long. I don't know why yeah. my attention span is so short. I'm just cursed with the goldfish attention span. That's okay.
0: It happens. <laughs> It happens. Um, I, I think what happens is, like, now that there's so much things vying for our attention now, like, we've got our phones, you know, then we've got you know, our computers with all these notifications and social media. It's, um, it's, yeah, no wonder. Like, our kids, like, my kids are screwed. Like, if, if you ever plan to have children, like, they're gonna be screwed, because they're gonna be living in, in a world full of nothing but smartphones and Being 100% connected like you and I, we grew up before smartphones were a thing. And, you know, as much as I love my smartphone, if I didn't have to have it for like my job or content creation, I could I could live without it like I wouldn't need
1: it. Oh, I don't know if I could do without my smartphone.
0: I could, I, 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 I say that, but who the hell knows, but you like
1: cuddling <laughs> my phone, I spend a lot of time on my phone, but that's because of all my content mostly. Maybe if yeah. I didn't do content, I could live without my smart. I don't yeah. know about
0: now. <laughs> yeah. I, I say that, but then again, I, it, it's like you find yourself just browsing random shit too. that you don't even think about, or, or just wanting to be able to Google something really quick
2: too. Yeah. Right
1: i find myself just reading twitter sometimes like it's a newspaper and i'm like i need to stop right. this is yeah. too much this yeah. is too, overboard
0: sometimes i don't just like w- when i get unhealthily i don't know if that's a word yeah. un- unhealthily addicted to twitter ah. or something like that i'm like yeah. okay now i need to know i need to get away for a day or two and just yeah. maybe post one thing that day and just yeah. go away from it ignore it because it's yeah you, you oh, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's first thing I wake <laughs> up in the morning, it's like I gotta check Twitter, Discord, Now Discord, it's like I'm addicted to Discord oh, yeah. now and yeah, all that um, shit. But yeah, we've been doing Another this. Another
1: thing I do, I don't check my messages until after I've had my coffee every day.
0: I, so I'm about the anything, same way. A
1: lot of weird messages, or are you just like checking your messages is a pain. Just have. Have your morning ritual first before you get on your phone and check all your messages. It helps.
2: I agree with that. I'm much
1: more equipped to deal with anything problematic after <laughs> I've
2: had <cough. laughs> so Oh,
1: yeah. That's my only little piece of advice. I'll squeeze that one in there.
0: <laughs> nice. I nice. said. Well, we've been going at it for about two hours now. And, Damn! Um,
1: I was—I uh, didn't even realize. I know. I was having I, such good chats.
0: Oh, thank you. I, and I know when you mentioned like your short attention span, I'm like, dang! But you've lasted two hours though.
1: Because <laughs> we were talking, it was like you know everything was changing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it was> good. <laughs> well, awesome. So, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you or anything like that?
1: Uh, people can find me at Emma Skyward on anything, pretty much. Okay. Uh Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch. That's everything. Uh, yeah, YouTube, YouTube, uh, MS Skyward on on all of it.
0: Nice, nice. Well, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, taking time out of your night to come on and chat with me. Um, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Really enjoyed it.
1: Me all as right. well. I'm I'm hoping maybe we'll have another time in the future. Maybe we'll get together and play some games.
0: So. Yes, yes. Either league or some EDH or something like that. Cool. Yes. All right. So I will uh, hope you have a good night. All right.
1: Yeah, you as well. Hey,
0: everybody. Thank you all for listening and watching to the show. I appreciate every single one of you who continue to stick by and listen and watch this. Um, You all are awesome and amazing. And I hope you really enjoyed watching and listening to Emma. Um, She is a really, really awesome person. I highly recommend checking her out and um yeah it was great time talking with her really enjoyed it and I want to try to do some other content with her like maybe EDH or something maybe maybe League of Legends I keep saying that like I want to play League of Legends some people I said that to Kuro Hitsuki um we haven't done it yet um though it's just been (laughs) life has been crazy right now and um it's yeah just Life's going crazy right now, and I'm trying to keep up with it all. But anyways, so thank you all for listening and watching again. Hope you all really enjoyed the episode, and hope you all have a great night.